What's up, everybody? It's your old friend, John Middlecoff. I'm here to tell you about our friends at Game Time. Here's what I need you to do. Go to your smartphone, download a little app called Game Time. Baseball season's in full swing. Oracle Park. Been there a million times. Never doesn't live up to the hype. Go get yourself some garlic fries, a brewski, maybe uh, some ice cream. They have very good Ghirardelli ice cream there. And when you do that, promo code HAM. So download the Game Time app. Your first pair of tickets, promo code HAM, H-A-M, save $20. The A's, only going to be in the Bay Area for the rest of this season. You probably can basically go for free. Just buy a pair of tickets to any baseball game. They also have comedy shows if you want to check one of those out, or concerts. Game Time app, promo code HAM, save yourself $20. We don't even need to thank you. Just hammer that promo code. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Middle cough! Hey, babes! Recording this on a Wednesday. Uh, trying to get this thing in and out onto the uh, internet before... Uh, I don't know, man. Before another earthquake hits me. Were you pretty rattled the other night when it was shaking? Once there was three in one day is when I got pretty rattled, yeah. I only felt the one... I guess it would have been Monday night. Was it Monday night? Yeah. Sorry, I don't know why Tuesday. I was saying Thursday. Yeah, Monday. Monday. The M- Monday night one went about ten thirty. Oh, was it? See, in my, I was in my sleep. I counted that as one of the three. I counted that as Tuesday morning. Okay. Yeah. It was. So yeah, whatever that time. What, that t- what time? What time did you go to bed? Uh, probably nine thirty. Yeah, it was. It was probably around maybe ten forty-five, eleven. Okay. It was a good. It was a good. It was a good shaker. It was a, uh, it was a good shaker. I, I I just vividly remember. I don't think I was asleep yet. I wasn't. I was watching something on my iPad, and looking up at just kind of the the uh, the ceiling, and it it going pretty pretty good. Mm. I remember the last, the biggest one I've been in since the Napa one, which was clearly massive. Mm-hmm. And I was a little intoxicated on that because it had been Bobby Wigington's wedding that night. And I had come home. I was living in Emeryville at the time. And that one, that felt bigger than the one the other night. And the other night was big. It, it, it'll, it, it'll, it'll rattle you a little bit. Like your heart starts pounding and you start thinking like, God, you're not on the first floor. If, if this splinters, do, do I automatically right. die? Can I, can I get outside in time? Do buildings crumble post-earthquake? How does this whole thing work? Are, are we just, is this this inevitability that this is the way that it's going to go down out here? That that's going to be uh, just a massive earthquake? Is it just inevitable? And I think, you know, scientists will tell you, yes. That, yeah, that we're yeah. overdue. Thursday, the anniversary, Loma Prieta. Yeah, uh, and then you yeah just, I mean, you just, I don't know. My Amazon history is that of a rattled man, John. My Amazon purchase history from Tuesday, October 15th. Can, can you tell everyone what you did? So... When there were the fires up north, I started buying N95 masks. So I've got three of those. 
So I already had those. Two flashlights. Um, and uh, a bunch you're of hand wipes. The, you're talking about the fires up by like Butte. Yeah, last year. Last year. Those fires. When our air quality was bad. I got, I bought, I've got a, N95 masks were hard to get too. Did you guys wear them around the marina? No, I haven't. They're in the package. I haven't worn them. Just in case a disaster hits around here? Yeah. Can Just last time I needed them. Nobody, you couldn't get them anywhere. Gotcha. And we could probably debate whether or not they're even useful. Seems a little bit of an overreaction. Yeah, could be. Sa- you could argue that. Sa- better safe than sorry. So yesterday I bought uh, on the internet. I'm waiting for my Amazon shipment. Uh, two fire retardant blankets. You know, if there's a fire. So you can wrap, you know, wrap around yourself wrap and yourself. run out. Yep. Yeah, and r- run out. Run out, or do you just sleep through it? How does? No, no, I don't work? think you you run out. <laughs> okay. Uh, I bought two of those blankets that look like the the shiny ones that look like you know what they make like the thing that lands on the moon out of. What do they run you? Three nine three dollars and ninety five cents. So you're telling me a three dollar and ninety five cents blanket is going to keep fire away from? No, me? no, no. That one's that one's like fourteen dollars. It's made of fiberglass. It suffocates oh, okay. the the oxygen. Suff- suffocates gotcha. the fire. The the silver ones that are like you know if the house goes down but it's cold outside you need a little, I don't know. Um, but you know I got one for somebody else. I got a pair of uh, gardening gloves, or just like those gloves that you know, like your dad probably had them in the garage. If you need to move some two by fours That's that have been shattered correct. over your head, correct. Yeah. Now I also got a hatchet. <laughs> I got a hatchet in case you know you need to cut some firewood well, or uh, the way break I looked at it. If there is something between you and the first responders, yeah. They don't have to do all the work. You can do some work and meet them in the middle. <laughs> well, you think about it. There's a disaster. They got a lot going on. Yeah. Maybe I need to do. Yeah, exactly. Meet them in the middle or help. Um, I got. Uh, I got. Uh, I got walkie talkies. <laughs> guy, you sound like fucking the Rock and Walking Tall or something. <laughs> I got two walkie talkies. What? Can you, that, I, I understand the hatchet yeah. and the fire blankets? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Explain to me the walkie talkies. Well, I mean the cell towers. I would imagine go down in the disaster. I don't okay. know what, you know, and then everybody's on their cell phones, like being in a stadium. You know how frustrating that can be. Yeah, those go down. Yeah, that's typical. So you got walkie talkies. If you have to separate, somebody needs to go. I got, we have water. But, you know, if there's a separation situation. Where are you going to keep all these essentials? Under the bed? They're all in a, a New Mexico Bowl backpack under the bed. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, so it's like. You're putting your bowl gifts to use. That's right. I, I, I forgot. I've got the walkie-talkies, but last time during the fires, I bought two whistles. Um, gotcha. Uh, well, that's kind of smart, right? If you're if you're covered in rubble, you just start blowing the whistle. You're like uh, Nick Saban, but uh, but uh, disaster relief candidate. Yeah. You know, I also thought, stuff, just for whoop, whatever whoop. reason, I'm just imagining a scenario where there's just people everywhere, right? The masses are in the streets. Yeah, just Marina Bros. And I need like, to yo! and I need to coordinate to I gotta get a hold of Alyssa. You know, but the cell doesn't work, so I got the whistle. She has a whistle, I have a whistle. And I told her yesterday, I said, we have to come up with uh what would our whistle, you know, like what's our is it like one short burst and two long bursts? What's the whistle? And she, I mean she looked you, at me like you, you're looking you, at me right now. Do you now. agree with this statement? Oh. If we just went around America and took just a subset, a small, like, mile radius group of people, mm-hmm. I would put the mile radius kind of where you are, Pack Heights, the Marina Bros, and everyone is probably, and I, I mean this with all due respect, I know a lot of people in that area, but 
if like the highest level of just like uh, that would be able to group together and like make things happen would be like in Wyoming or something. Right. Like you'd want like that type group. Yeah. Like if something went down, it'd be they would fucking band together. They'd have the city rebuilt in like three weeks. I don't know if they'd be the last. You know, there'd probably be some areas in in Southern California that I, I don't know would be would would kind of come together in a big moment or would even want to. That area, and I'm not counting you. I, I think you would be a help. Hell, you're already prepared. It, the mayhem level of just the disaster, that group of people, and especially the group that's been added within like the last ten years to that area, would be a sight to behold. It really would. Yeah, I, you know? I would guess if we did like a survey, we have the fewest people per square mile that have mowed a lawn. Guy, I don't even think that so, is close. So you're talking about like, yeah, rebuilding. Uh, you were talking about making a fire. Now, luckily, I got matches. Um, I'd even say mobile. Yeah, mobile. I'd even do something even more like trivial, you know, like. Uh, like what? I don't even know, like, that have ever, like, paid their own rent or just, you know, just something oh, like, well, uh, yeah. But I'm talking people like over 35, you know, just, you know, I, mow your own lawn. You could argue, you know, people might say, well, if I'm born and raised in a city, I was never out of lawn. But the people that. Yeah, but I don't were, think there's a lot, I don't meet a lot of people here born and raised in the city. No, they're not. They're not. But they're, you're right. That, that's, that's, that, you're right. That is a. Well, because I think, like, if you went to Chicago or something. A lot of people there had never been. Yeah, or New York City. You know, you're right. You're right. That's a fair know. point. Philly, there are no fucking lawns. I'm setting them but up. But I, I think I actually think, in fairness to that example, in our state, where you do meet a lot of people from the marina that are from California, they, they grew up with a lawn, you know, in some sort of fashion. That was usually mowed. And listen, you know, the, the middle coughs fall under this umbrella. You used to drive my dad nuts. Like, Dad, we have people to do that. They come every Saturday morning. Could you tell them to come after at nine because I like to sleep in? <laughs> <laughs> that nothing made him more angry. Than I don't. I had never mowed a lawn. It's like Dad. Well, fuck, buy the lawnmower then. He like wanted me to go use their shit to mow. That was always a point of contention from like. He age wanted you to go nine to go to, to go volunteer with the gardener. Well, I think he was just. Yeah, it was a double whammy. Thought I was a spoiled little rich kid who, you know, I mean, granted, the gardeners, it, it's not like, they, it costs like $100, but it was just the For principle what? of me not doing per it. Per visit, it cost fucking, $100? It was not very expensive. Whoa, I think it went up $100 per visit? That's not nothing. How often do they come? Every, once but every two weeks? But they did more than mother. They did a bunch of shit. I think, well, I know. Yeah, I'm, every I'm just saying, I can understand. If I'm your dad, I'm like, I should yeah. be paying you nothing to do this. And I'm paying uh-huh. somebody else $100 to do this. Probably like a $500 monthly bill. Damn. Yeah, but fixing sprinkler, doing all sorts of shit. Yeah, no, know. they're earning their money. But, I'm I, I'd, argue, I, I'd actually, if I, if I was running the home, yeah. I'd say, hey, mom, dad, they don't need to come every week. Like, they come bi-weekly. The problem is, I think there was competition for them, so it's like you did have to sign them. You know, they were they were highly sought after. They were making yeah, good I just, cash. I understand why you're in the community where no one's on their own fucking lawn. Dad was Davis, California. I fit that bill. If I was living there, you, I would encompass what you're talking shit about. Yeah, <laughs> because I do you think would the marina? Bro, I only mo- if, if Haberman was covered in, in rubble, in rubble, you and Alyssa were blowing your Nick Saban, Chris Peterson whistles. You, you know. Would that guy keep walking by your rubble, or would he start digging? Well, I, yeah, I just don't think, think the goodness of humans would start digging. Yeah, but it's hard, you know. Like you're wearing chubbies, you don't want to. You scratch up your knees. No, one hundred percent. You get you get splinters in your in your legs. 
You're um, looking for your trucker hat, you know, and your uh, you would Steph, think your new Steph Curry jersey. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. You would. I actually kind of want a pair of chubbies. Is that guy from the Bay Area? Or the- I don't uh, The guy? I don't know. I don't know anything about the company. It could be a girl, yeah. But I'm just saying, I don't know. I didn't know it was a guy. I mean, like, an uh, uh, individual person. So, I got, For some, a oh, I got second, some duct tape. I, I, don't get, I don't get scared over many things I, don't, I can't control anymore. I actually used to. Like, when I was younger, I remember being, like, 8, 9, 10, and used to always worry, like, what if the house burns down? Like, think about, like, natural disasters a lot. Mm-hmm. Like, what if the tree falls into my room? Because mm-hmm. there was a big tree by my room. Mm-hmm. I don't think like that anymore. For about 30 minutes after the big quake, you kind of start going through some scenarios. Like, if this thing inevitably hits, because then I check, you go, what was that, like a 7? And you're like, see, it's a 4-5. You're like, holy shit. And then you just start Googling, well, what was the big one back in 89? And that was almost, you know, two and a half points higher. You're like, shit, that felt pretty damn big. You're telling me that that wasn't a 6 and a half? Like, oh my God. And you start doing, like, what happens when it all, like, this... All of the bay kind of go down because it kind of feels like now. Remember Elias retrofitting? I think they've spent a lot of effort over the last 20, 30 years doing that stuff. But Mother Nature, man, they she can shake, right? <laughs> she, 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 she can shake good. I'm just always amazed that the whole thing shakes and that I don't get up and there's like a huge crack in the wall, you know? Isn't it kind of underrated when you, like, I, I grew up 45 minutes away, but the earthquakes never ever felt. Even a big one, you you'd feel a tiny little rattle. Yeah. And did you ever? I don't no, think Fresno ever got remember. them. No, Definitely Davis. Not. I don't remember. Maybe there was one in Davis when we were yeah. kids. I don't really remember. It'd be but like an aftershock from one here. Once you're in the other them, part of it is like I'm on. A they third, are trip. They are trippy. And I'm I'm on the third floor now. <laughs> like so at home, right. you're like, well, I'll just whatever. I mean, I'll just run outside. out. Run outside of the grass. It's like this is yeah. a house. Like this house. It's a house. You feel, my guy mode. You feel like it's more solid in a house, not a building. I, not on the third floor where the the wood on the ground is from 1924. But you, you know? could argue if you just had a house, if you were in like on the fault and that thing did a seven, you it might not matter. Yeah, right? no, totally. I'm <laughs> just saying might. that right or wrong, that's just how you I looked at it. You know, is it also bad? If the first thing I thought about when my house was shaking, like I hope my TVs don't go down. I don't really want to buy new ones. <laughs> Need to watch the Yankee game. Oh, anymore. that's right, they're mounted. It, it, that thought crossed my mind. Good good news is the Yankee game uh, got postponed today. Wednesday. Tell you this: these mounts, uh, you know, haven't been th- now through several earthquakes. They do their job, guy. Yeah, they you don't do, want one of those above the above your head. Well, no, I, I don't have one in my room. It's good. I never sit under them. Right, if I'm watching, I'm away from it. So, I mean, but you're under one right now, right? Or no? Kinda, but if it hit, I'd back up. <laughs> All right, I don't want to talk about this anymore. I'll let you know when I get all my gear. Well, you, you're way more rattled than me. I did do a lot of learning about. But you got a family. I mean, you got someone else. You, you know, you, you're a partnership. Like me, it's like if I go down. Like yeah, I'm not children. Sh- never. I mean, it's me. nice of you to give me the credit that that's why I'm <laughs> acting like this. But I don't know if it is. Could be just pure selfish. I've just always been terrified of earthquakes, and yet here I am. I know. You're like, God damn it, I wanted to call an NFL game before I died. <laughs> I do think about, like, what would my last, what is going to be my last tweet up there? If Like, is, am I going to be making some joke about earthquakes? Like, felt well, that I mean, one. <laughs> I'd argue, I'd argue you've got more bucket lists, like, in your career than most, right? You've already called an NBA game. You've already called a Major League Baseball game. You called Tiger Woods win. You got a couple kind missing, of, you know. But it's gen- like, that one was generous, but yeah. Which one? Tiger. You were there on the premises, though, right? I mean, I, yeah, it wasn't exactly, you know, I don't think you saw it on CBS. 
I don't think I, I periscope and recorded it. Um, you know, I I did learn a lot. Anyone that wants some information on walkie talkies, and the I, I did a lot of research, John. And it turns out you can actually get an FCC license for like a much higher power frequency, which I thought about doing. God, you you are in your own dome about an earthquake. Which listen, if you if you do feel them, and you're you're probably more in the heart of it than me. Even though I think I'm, I don't know exactly where the San Andreas Fault goes through. I know it goes through Memorial Stadium. I know that. Oh, it does. So it's clo- so it might be like literally if, if like Memorial Stadium when you're there Saturday morning for the it's, Oregon State game, you look and there is good luck to our boy E Ray. There is a big I'll see on the field, but there's a line. The fault literally goes through the stadium, through the field. What if it happened mid game? Would that be like uh, yes, Batman the, Heinz you know, Ward Bane? Yeah, I mean, could get crazy, guy. It could get crazy. That's why I. That's why you're stocking up on walkie talkies. I'm stocking up on ease.com. Promo code ham e a z e. That actually would be a good product to have. No, it would. <laughs> it really would. might ease the pain too. You don't. You can't. You know. That's how a lot. We always. We, you mentioned that's how Elias got his corner stores because uh, during the Loma Prieta quake, the guy that owned the store priced up priced out the neighborhood jacked up his prices price gouged and the neighborhood then boycotted and so he had wow. to give up the store put him out of business yep eaze.com and easewellness.com promo code ham john the irony is back then he was like seven dollars for a soda you know i mean back then it was probably a lot ease.com promo code ham best thc delivery in the state of california uh again promo code ham uppers downers pre-rolls vapes Edibles. That might not be a bad thing. You're under some rubble. Just keep those edibles in your pocket. You're like, give me well. $500 of edibles. <laughs> just give me some edibles. I need a seven-week supply. <laughs> give me some edibles. Yeah, I can just see you in the rubble with easewellness.com, promo code HAM, just rubbing CBD yeah, all over your I'm body. I'm warm. Just blowing the whistle and talking to the walkie-talkie when she's right next to you with her walkie-talkie, <laughs> and you guys are just rubbing oh, CBD God. all over each other. I hope other. this isn't the last podcast good. I do. In your chubbies. Uh, you use that promo code, you get 20 bucks off your first delivery. Tell your friends if you've already used it. Uh, if, you've already, if you're not a first-time user, then we appreciate the support anyway. But uh, tell somebody who is, eaze.com and easewellness.com. And brought to you by mybookie.ag, where the promo code is HAM and the number one, HAM numeral one. Fastest payouts, better lines than any other sports book. My bookie. How about this guy? Thursday Night Football. We got a little Chiefs Broncos action. That's not, you know, it's the AFC and NFC West are my jam. So you give me this is I I, can, I bet people in like the South, you know, like a Falcons fan are like, oh, I hate this. You know, like the way we talk about when you give us like Titans Falcons, we're like, Ugh. you know, this is this is my type game. Chiefs really? at the Broncos, Fangio, Andy. How about this? I kind of Broncos getting three points at home. Feisty little uh, little Thursday night team. Don't sleep on Flacco. They've been playing well, guy. Three points, Chiefs going the other way. It's not an easy Thursday night game for the Chiefs coming off two straight losses, is it? No, I mean, my first reaction when I see that game is, ugh, is that like just a regular 105 Thursday game, a Saturday? What day is this? Sunday game? I don't yeah, actually love the, it, but... Uh, but the brands. But it might, you know, Broncos defense, Chiefs short week, wrote, wrote games in Denver, right? Mm-hmm. So... What do you think about uh, the Raiders getting five and a half at Lambeau and the Niners getting uh, giving ten <laughs> at uh, RFK Stadium? Is that what it's called? Whatever the fuck Dan Snyder's place is called. Is it FedEx? Yes, FedEx. 
Yeah. So ten, ten and a half is a pretty big line. I know. Or just ten. What do you think? I, I don't mind it, actually. No, the Redskins are awful. I, I actually think the Raiders, Vegas given them a little respect. You know, at Lambeau, the Packers, one of the best teams in the league. You know, I, I would have said that number. If you would have said Middlecoff three weeks ago, what's that number? I would have been like the ten. So five and a half, you, they think you're not terrible. Yeah. They, I, they I, don't think you're just some scrub team. Right. And the Raiders fans would be like, whoa, three and two. Yeah, but it's. This is a different. This is a different level here. You're playing a real. But you're, you're not coming, playing Chase Daniels. You're coming off a bye now. You're coming off a bye, and they're coming off Monday Night Football, right? Where the refs gave him a game. Mybookie.ag promo code ham and the numeral one. What do you? You still like my Dodgers future bet on the World Series, or is that probably not looking too good? <laughs> well, I would have told you go all in on the Yankees over the Astros, but that's not looking great right now either. Do you see the barstool thing of the guy at Yankee Stadium screaming at everyone to stand up? I saw you. T- I saw you tweet it. I haven't. I wasn't. Able, I haven't watched it yet. He's just screaming like because everyone's so quiet. He's like, "We're facing Garrett Cole. It's the ALCS. What? He's just. You guys paid all this money for your tickets. I, I actually kind of. He made good points. Uh, I just saw it too. Did, what was the final score of that game? Yesterday. They lose two to nothing, three to nothing. Everybody! No, they scored. We gotta get up. We're playing Cole. This is the game right here. Get up. Let's go. I don't understand. I don't understand why you paid all these tickets if you don't want to win the game. I don't understand. Could it be me? Would it be me? Show shall not be me. I will not sit with two outs in the American League Championship Series. I mean, he's not wrong. No, he's not. And I'm I think with him. He's, the place just looks dead and lifeless. Now, oh. part of that is, you know, Haberman loves these, mm. you know, 9 a.m. you know first pitches in the in the ALCS. No, I don't. I'm with you. I thought of you for the yesterday. for the for the Yankees. I like I mean, it when there's on. four games, and I wouldn't have minded it if it was Rays Astros. But I did not like that on Tuesday. <laughs> you know, I, like I would have done a seven and a seven thirty, and I don't care that they're on at the same time. Yeah, the the Yankees should get a little bit different treatment, should they not? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> like, I mean, you, J- John Middlecoffs of the world can't wait to watch the Yankees. Now, I'm I, I'm also complaining. I have access to watch it. At, you could kick the thing off at any time, any day. I'm yeah, yeah. Watch. I enjoy. I feel it. for most people though. Yeah, but I I I didn't <laughs> like it. All right, uh, God, I, you know, the best thing that happened Tuesday, despite the three earthquakes that I experienced. That I had to go through. Guy, where were the really quick? Are you sure there were three earthquakes yes, on Tuesday? Yes, pos- positive. Because I the third one was. You're talking really sh- Monday night. Yeah, Monday night. I was in bed, so that counts as two within a t- less, far less than a 24 hour period. Okay. And the third one, I tweeted because that was the one that I was like, was did that just happen or am I? Cr-? I just got back from the gym, so I was like, maybe I'm Dur- a little during just, during the day. Yeah, like one o'clock Tuesday. I just got back from the gym and I'm like, well, maybe I like maybe I'm just a little lightheaded or something. Like that's kind of what I thought at first. And somebody was like, I didn't feel it when I tweeted it, but then I it was de- it had definitely occurred. So you made I your purchases su- after that little rubble. That correct. Okay, makes more sense now. All the things that I had planned for the day, John, got pushed aside. When did when, when did Ramsey get traded? Then about four. So Ramsey gets traded, and this is what I was going to say: is this is what made my day was I at least got to break the news. To John Middlecoff. It's always a good feeling. I'm like, maybe John's at the gym because I did. I just did a, wow, Ramsey. And no response. I'm like, all right, he's busy. This is going to, he, I am, 
Once you didn't respond right away, I knew that that text was going to be the one that broke the news to you. I, I went to hit some golf balls. I'm okay. like, I haven't touched a golf club in like a month. It was like I, it was four o'clock. It wasn't much. I didn't have anything to do. I was like, I'm going to go. I'm going to go hit some golf balls. And then I, I look at my phone. I got like 15 texts, and you, I look at yours. Thank and you. And I was like, whoa. And I had texted someone in the league earlier in the day when Marcus Peters got traded. I'm like, you think something crazy is going to happen? And they're like, no. <laughs> and this is not something like. They just would say yes or no. They're like, I don't think so. And then so when that happens, and then I think your next tweet was like two first-rounders. I was like, whoa. <laughs> because they were adamant. Like, first, it takes two to tango. Then if you are going to trade them two first-rounders. But wouldn't you say the craziest part is the most awesome part about putting your phone, turning it off, stepping away from it. And I spend an ungodly amount of time with it connected to me, texting, tweeting, reading, just wasting time. You should go two-way radio. I fully admit that. When you, first when you see the the name, right, you're like, Ramsey got traded. And then your first reaction is, to who? You know, because I, I didn't feel, there wasn't like, yeah, that's right. when Anthony Davis got traded to the Lakers, you're like, you, we, it was inevitable for a while. Like, that's what, didn't that what make Kawhi to the Clippers so great? It's like, they just got Paul fucking George, too? So when you said the Rams, th- that to me was pretty shocking. Like, the Rams? Because wouldn't you say, maybe once Marcus Peters gets dealt earlier in the day, you start going, something's weird, but then you go, well, I can see why they're not really liking him. It, it, we, we've been talking a lot about, he, he as many plays he makes, he gives up double. It was kind of understandable. It wasn't... Jalen Rand, it wasn't like they just traded fucking Aaron Donald or something, right? So when you say the Rams traded for him, that was a pretty big holy shit. Now, when you look at the Rams' history, they've been pretty consistent. They took a big swing for Brandon Cooks. They took a big swing for Jared Goff. Remember last year the story came out? They fucking traded for Khalil Mack. The Sammy, Wa- sto- Sammy Watkins? That Sammy Watkins. I read a story yesterday that if Khalil Mack had played last year, they would have they wanted him. Like, they would have, this would have just been the move for Khalil Mack. Like, they were prepared. Like, they just take. Well, the Raiders should have done that trade then. But they would have had to, I'm saying, wait a year. Oh, oh, oh. You know? So, like, if, because they didn't really have the capital because they had just used one on Cooks. They, if you would have waited, if you would have played last season on the Raiders and then they would have traded them this year, they would have been equipped to do it. So, my first reaction was, holy shit, little reckless. And then I keep going back. A little like the Steelers, but they're a better version of the Steelers. I kind of appreciate it, guy. Uh, like I, I am so jealous of like the Yankees and the Red Sox. Like I, I wish the Giants operated like that, and it doesn't always work. But I appreciate teams that truly don't give a fuck. That their number one goal, like the goal behind this, right, is to win and try to put ourselves in the best position to get back to the playoffs and then win in the playoffs. And I, I'd say this as a fan of the league. And I, I don't know if there are that many Rams fans, but if I was a Rams fan, I'd be like, F- I like the way these motherfuckers operate. Now, we can dive into some of the other, like, why it gets complicated, but I just think on the surface, and I do think it's reckless, but I appreciate the reckless nature of this franchise. It yeah. actually makes our job more interesting, right? Because they're the Niners division. It's, it's fun. Also, I think just from a organization's philosophy, if you just keep chasing money with money, if, if you can afford to keep chasing money with money, so to speak, right? Then you, if you can keep it up, you can keep it up. You're saying their problem is not money in escrow? That's correct. I'm saying if they're just going to always operate this way, well, they'll just find a way to 
get somebody else's pick for I don't know if they're just always going to be wheeling and dealing, which means they'll get somebody else's pick the way Howie Roseman does it. Although Howie's Howie does more um, in terms of acquiring picks, but they, they've only and really Howie's only done like the golf trade where he really just went all of his chips in. Yeah, like to me, trading one first rounder for a player. But I just would you be, say that's would you say that's crazy? No, no just in general, no, not really, right? But I'd say even like trading a third for Golden it, Tate it's, when it's, his contract's expiring. I just yeah. mean all those things. Yeah, 100%. Like this goes back to, and you you said it to me, and we've talked about it before, but this was part of your immediate text back to me about Jalen Ramsey. It was, hey, Stan, like Stan Kroenke is going into a new stadium in Los Angeles. The one thing you would say about the Rams is they don't go, they don't just like go all in on guys that aren't stars or they don't think, like they traded for Sammy Watkins. They moved on from Sammy Watkins, but he was, people knew who the hell Sammy Watkins was. Like you, if you're gonna do, if you're gonna just go all in on guys, well, you went all in on Jalen Ramsey. He might, he's the closest thing to Deion Sanders we got in the NFL right now. So think how many, think how many billboard guys they have: their coach, their quarterback, and Donald and Ramsey. I mean, they they could have like four different billboards all over the place. Like they got billboard guys. So from a business standpoint, because I saw a lot of people tweeting like, "Yeah, it's you, fuck yeah, they did this for you know next year and selling seats." That's L.A. This California, and we're like this too, a little bit up north. It's a little, I would say, probably more sports normal up here. But there's just, we're a little bit of a front runner culture out here. If you suck and slash not relevant, you'll be the Raiders. We suffer, and this isn't, I'm not talking about right now. I'm talking about when you and I were in college. And then when we got out of college, they were blacked out all the time. There's The reason Greg Papa became such a big deal was because the only place you could find the Raiders was the was the radio. You know? He was the voice of them because they were not on television. Like, if you're uninteresting, we, we saw the Chargers game last year or last week. It was all Steeler fans. And the quotes from the... And I get it's a little different, right? The Chargers, not welcome in L.A., but still, it's football. And down there in a market where they haven't been in a while, you really got to make yourself present. Coward had a good line today. He's like, it's not just, yeah, they've been winning the last two years, but... The first sign of like, ah, they're not that good. The fucking Niners fans sold the place out. It, it changes so fast. I would say like the Lakers and Dodgers, wouldn't you say for the most part, are grandfathered in down there at just a higher level. Mm-hmm. They've been winning for so long. Their fan base is enormous. If a guy like me or you had, let's say, Haberman had gone to UCLA and you had just stayed down in LA and you had basically been there now for like, you know, 18 years or whatever, you would have just, because it's the way it naturally gets, you just would keep a close eye like the Lakers and Dodgers. They're just a big part of the community. Like when I lived in Philly, I was texting someone the other day, I watched all the Phillies games. Now granted, they were good at the time, but it was just what you did when you live in the town. You know, down there, like I think the Rams, that's what makes the Rams and the Chargers kind of unique. They're new to the space. They're new to, it's one thing to get like, I've seen a lot of Cowboy games over the years or a lot of Patriot games. But it's another thing to watch every one of their games, right? Like if you live in Boston, you watch, you know your team, so you watch every snap. Like we watch every snap of the Niners because every game. And up until, like, I don't know if it changes next year, like we've seen every snap of the Raiders. I follow those teams on a completely different level than all the other teams because I don't miss a press conference. When you kind of live in it and now they're fighting for that real estate I get it. So it's like I, I think it's 
I don't think it's just less kind of wheeling and dealing. I think it's kind of promoted from the top. Like mm-hmm. I, I would imagine Stan's pushing from it or just like always like, hey, let's lean aggressive, lean aggressive. Kevin Dean, they love that shit. Look, that's how the Lakers, because also if you just look at it like who you, the star is of your town, the Lakers are, you know, one of the biggest brands in the world. That's kind of been their philosophy for the last like 50 years, right? And it works. So if you just, if you were going to copy one team, now, in, like Howie would tell you, well, I'm going to copy some of the Lakers, but I'm also going to do some of like the way the Dodgers were thinking. Like you want to, because I want to sustain winning. You know, that's that's what makes it a little more complicated in football. So I think from a business perspective, makes one million. It's the easiest trade they'll ever make. It's kind of like Khalil Mack because it was really expensive and it's going to cost a lot of money. Now, from a football perspective, that's where I got it red flagged because I think it becomes immediately a little complicated, guy. Despite him being an unreal player, you're saying like, does he? You do you do a deal like this if you think it wins you the Super Bowl? Does this win? Or you're just talking not, like big not like even, salary? Not cap even stuff. that. I think that for, for remember what the big conversation was when we assumed that Mark Davis could put money in escrow with Khalil. It was can you have two quote unquote max players? And then I, I think everyone's like, hey, guys, you guys realize that Derek Carr's quote-unquote max is nothing like – he's like $40 million cheaper than these other quarterbacks. His quarterback contract's relatively small. Khalil's getting more money than him, and he did by about $20 million. But that was a conversation, and the answer is simple. Yes, you can. The, the, the St. Louis – I keep – the L.A. Rams are going to have three max players – Jared Goff, who even his max in two years, 110 million, it's not going to go to like 150 million. Like his number's still going to be big. Mm-hmm. Donald, that 90 million or 87 million he got, like is Eric Armstead getting? Like Eric Armstead's going to be like the apple of everyone's free agent eye. He's going to get like 50 million guaranteed. Like that number's going to stay high for multiple years. And then they got Gurley, who makes 17 and a half, who they're tied to this year and next year. And then they got this guy, Brandon Cooks. I had forgotten. They extended Brandon Cooks. That's $16.8 million. When, did they, four, when did they extend him? Two years ago or this year? I think it, I think it was last year in the offseason or maybe at the end of the season. So I, before, I, okay. After they acquired him, but he had been on the team for a little bit. Yeah. Or maybe they traded him and extended him. I, I have to go back and look. They got four guys who were on the books for 2020 for $95 million. Well, the the salary cap this year is 188 million. Let's say it goes up to 200. Let's just say flat to make this easy. That's 47 percent of their cap in four guys. I'm not counting Jalen Ramsey. I was told this morning though that Jalen Ramsey will play on his fifth year option. But it's like his fifth year option guy ain't fucking three million dollars. I, I think it's like it's, 15 or 16. Yeah, I want to say it was 13. I'll look I did the math. If you yeah, it is 13. It's 13.7. If you add his fifth-year option to those four guys, they will be on the hook for $110 million. So even if the number is $200 million, $110 million are in five players. That has to be the biggest number in the league. And I, I would imagine if we dug deep, it might not be close. Like, it's, it's one thing to have, like, listen, if, Aaron Rod, if you got Aaron Rodgers and Khalil Mack and they account for $50 million on your salary cap, like, you'll figure it out. I have a problem, not with Ramsey and Donald. It's like, as you saw with Goff, you and I are Goff guys, but it's pretty clear he needs help. And Gurley, he's just not—he just shot physically. And then Cooks, 
He just not an upper echelon player. No, are you? I don't know if you're. Uh, so he his contract extension was July of 2018. Um. So. Oh yeah. So they had had what it was. Now I remember they had had him in OTAs and they really liked him. They signed him. Remember, it was like McVeigh, and everyone's like, "God, Sean, you're overreacting to OTAs a little much." That's what made that crazy. Well, John, his cap hit. I don't know if you have the spot check. I'm just reading an article from that point in time. At that point in time, it said his cap hit in 2020 would be the biggest of any receiver. In 2020, at $22 million. I do think that changed when Julio signed his contract, but still, I mean, that, 20, you yeah, because like 21, Julio signed his contract this year, right, right, right. What I what I think is, so now listen, Donald, no one will argue that contract. No brainer, easy to do. That's cross that off. Whatever he's going to make any year, you're fine with. I think you get you dive into they've been reckless now. Like to me, Jalen's not reckless. It's that your other moves being reckless now inhibit your ability to build around these guys. You want to get Jalen Ramsey on your team. So I, I condone attempting to do that, even if it costs a lot of money. My issue is with the other two guys, Cooks and Gurley. And, and, and a little with Goff. Listen, I get the quarterback market's the quarterback market. In what world, like if Guy Haberman's running it and you're, you're friends with the agent, Bruce Tolner, nice guy, when he goes $110 million, do you not just go Bruce? We love this fucking kid. We like him a lot. We think we can win Super Bowls with him. This number's out of control. We'll give you $95 million guaranteed. That's our final fucking offer. If not, we're just going to play out this year. The next year, fifth-year option, we're going to franchise you. We're giving you $95 million. We're not, or let's just say 90. Like, that's, we're giving you elite money. We don't, we, we, your guy needs help. Do you want your guy to just suck? That, that's my issue with that contract. Not that they paid him, but just the, the level in which the number was a little extreme for my taste. And I like the guy. And I defended him after the quote-unquote shit performance on Sunday. I'm like, God, I don't think he had time. And a lot of people were like, Middle Goff, you're being too easy on Goff. You look terrible. And, and I rewatched the game yesterday. He didn't look that good. And actually, I think Jimmy, you know, you, I'm telling you, because I had your thought. I was rewatching. I'm like, he made some fucking throws in that game when he was getting peppered. But that was my thought. No, I know, but I'm just saying, like, I know my thought after the game was just like, oh, he's been kind of okay. Like, I thought, I think he was really good. Like, just making some throws where you're just like, whoa. Like, he, him versus Goff, like, he was on a, he's in a different world yeah, than Jared yeah. in that game. Well, I will say this, like, the girly thing, you could argue it's reckless, but you would also... They just, pay, they, they paid him, though, with two years left remaining, and then they just, his knee went out. So, they, there's a, a unlucky there. That's, that's exactly... They paid a talent. They exactly the talent. word I was going to use, because if Gurley was still Todd Gurley, you would put him in the category of Aaron Donald, and it's reasonable to think that Gurley was still going to be Todd Gurley in 2019. Wouldn't, the Cooks is by far the craziest, because they paid him after OTAs, where I've been to OTA practice on the team, and you're like... Is this undrafted free agent Ed Reed Jr.? Because you just people make plays when you can run in OTAs and Cooks can run, you look fucking unreal. And now looking back, you go, "Well, was he just running by Marcus Peters the whole time?" Because I would have met because they're like, "God, this guy's smoking Marcus Peters." That's probably what they were thinking. He's just running by twenty-two every play. It's like we got ourselves a star. But it turns out like, yeah, hey, hey McVeigh, everyone runs by Marcus. You could argue the the golf thing. Not reckless is the wrong word, but the number, I mean, they paid $2 million for a million-dollar home. Like, the million-dollar home's nice, and he's proven you can win with it, but he can't do it by himself. Like, Wentz, 
you can make the playoffs with Wentz carrying you. You can't do that with Goff. So this is where I was talking to his agent. I'd be like, listen, I want to go get the Jalen Ramsey's, the Aaron Donalds. We're going to go try to trade for a Julio Jones. But if your number's so astronomical high, your guy's going to get a, it's going to look bad, and his next contract's going to be ugly. Instead, we can just maintain this, do do like a Tom Brady-ish, not Tom Brady, but just meet us somewhere in the middle. You've seen our track record. Our chips are in the middle of the table for you. We will trade for offensive guys. That That's the other thing that leaves me... I tweeted this yesterday. I have no problem maxing out Jalen Ramsey and Aaron Donald. Any, any team would do that, except maybe Mark Davis because he can't afford it. But if I have a star quarterback that's not a quote-unquote carrier, I like to, my third max guy to be on offense. Yeah. So I have a Khalil Mack, a Jalen Ramsey, and Aaron Donald, whoever that guy is on defense. But and playing then I what have, position? Well, I mean, whether it's a star tackle, whether it's a star wide receiver. Oh, you'd be okay whether, with it being an offensive lineman. Well, if it's you know if it's you know Anthony Munoz in his prime, it'd have to be an elite guy. I'm Can not you name somebody else, please? Well, there's I mean Tyron Smith, or Jason yeah, Peters. Yeah, yeah. Okay. There aren't really many guys in the league right now that are that level. I would prefer it to be like Julio or DeAndre Hopkins, and right. I give. Well, that's what I'm getting at is you wouldn't want it to be a running back, probably. No, no. So you'd want that, it to be a receiver, or a tight end. And, and which like, is where and, the Niners have something going for them. But keep going. And they're lucky that it's a tight end because his number, just by the nature of the position, is going to be a lot lower, right? Like, if, if George Kittle was Julio Jones, or I'm just saying if George Kittle was an ex-receiver, yeah, right now, yeah. what would his number be? Would we be talking like, hell, don't you think his number as a tight end is going to be pretty eye-opening? I do. Like, or is anyone going to complain when you're like, hey, do you, do you, yeah, you just see George Kittle got $60 million guaranteed well, or something? Well, he is in the Aaron Donald category of, what are you going to do? Let him play for somebody else? <laughs> yeah, he's he's staying. But his uh, number is going to be high. You know what Gurley's right? cap hit in 2020 is? Isn't it like $25 million? 25.6. So there, that's where my issue is, is because you go, well, you kind of got this window in theory of like Jalen in his prime, Donald in his prime. You got just a young golf. Quarterbacks are a little different. But like you're trying to win this year and next year. And doesn't when you just look at these numbers – how do they win next year with just their limited? Or You're saying it's say harder win, next like, year than this year. Well, how do you how do you upgrade? Because people are tweeting at me, well, you just cut Gurley. Well, you just said it. It's cheaper to keep him and just try to get something out of him than cut him. And then Brandon Cooks. By $8 million. Yeah, to me, cutting is not an option. Do you agree with that? Yes. Well, is, is Brandon Cooks a $16.8 million a tradable player? I don't I think th- it's fair not to say unless no. you yeah I can you I yeah. think no so I think it gets back to where they're hurt is if Jared Goff is not a top five quarterback do you know what his cap hit is guy in 2009 or 20 uh, I have it it's 36 million dollars <laughs> if you're gonna have a 36 million dollar cap hit you got to play closer to Mahomes than what we witnessed last week even that Mahal, to me, even right Mahomes, now is you just got to be. You got to be a top five or six guy. Yeah, you got to be playing like Deshaun Watson. Like, you got to be dominating, and he is. And that to me, be, that's got to be where, elevating cheaper players. You just wouldn't you say the pressure? They need Cooper the Cup pressure to be a star. on the pressure on Goff and the pressure on McVay now are astronomically high. Because I I know Donald and Aaron what Aaron Donald and uh, Jalen Ramsey do. They dominate. 
can the other two guys dominate? We talked about McVay. Like, come on, Sean. Time for you to get some other pitches. And Jared. And they're, they kind of just go hand in hand. Like, they work together. It's going to be difficult. I think they. I think it, it actually becomes pretty challenging for them in this year and a half window. Like, if they don't make the playoffs this year, it's pretty devastating. And they told Mike Silver, like, we're in it to win it. We're swinging for the fences, which I which I appreciate. I, yeah. I like that mindset. How about the Jags, just real quick, how about the Jags getting two first and a fourth, not giving anything up, which, of course, who would give something up if you're in their position, but just kind of being slow <laughs> playing <shot>. it. <laughs> did, did somebody involved in a trade like this give something up? Uh, let me think. What the, I, I just checked. The Bears have two second-round picks this year. How's that possible? Huh. They got Khalil Mack and two second-round Did they get one from the Niners in the uh, Trubisky trade? Oh, no, you know what it was? It was a pick swap. The Raiders gave them their second oh! round. They got to have Khalil Mack on a pick swap. Yeah. yeah. Oh, if, oh, that's right. I forgot it because, no way, everybody said that was crazy at the time. Got it. Do you think the – I pick believe – I don't, I don't have inside information on this. I don't think they wanted to trade him at all. So, them, like, playing – like, they just negotiated. I agree. Well. I, I do I think they that. truly were like, fuck this. this Jalen, we'll pay you. We want you. And I think, in fairness to him, he was just adamant. Like, I don't – I can't look at Tom Coughlin. <laughs> that, that's where I think – because they had a heart-to-heart with Shad Khan last right. week. When you truly don't want to do something, like, it's always like – I was watching this UFC 30 for 30 last night. It was really good. And one thing that kind of put him on the map was Dana, who's just kind of a natural businessman, even though he was just a fight trainer. But his mindset was just – you know, like Tito Ortiz's first fight ever, they offered $50,000. Or one of, like, as Tito, like, became kind of a guy. And Dana was like, we will only take 80. And he hangs up the phone. And Tito looks at him and was like, Dana, what if they don't fucking call us back? And Dana's like, fuck, I don't know. I just I just kind of went with it. <laughs> you know, he's like, I wasn't even, I've just, I just read this in negotiating books. It's what you're supposed to do. And it worked. They called back, like, 40 minutes later, and they got him $80,000. And Tito and Dana started hugging. But it was more just like kind of crazy negotiating. Let's just see if it works. We've all done it. Like you could do it like your wife or whatever. It's, no, it's business, personal. It always works. Sometimes you, someone calls you your bluff, you're screwed. On this one, I think their bluff was real. But it ultimately, when you do bluff, whether you mean it or you don't, when you have the thing that everyone wants, you are in control. So this is a historic haul. Right, you get for a non-number one overall draft for a, for a player in the fourth year of his contract. It's you couldn't turn it down because I get a lot of I get no. I think I get a lot of Eagles fans that follow me. Like, why didn't the Eagles offer this? And I don't know where you stand on this. If the Eagles offered me this offer and the Rams offered me this offer, I'm taking the Rams offer just because I'm basing it right. I can't. It's hard for me to look at 2021. There's too much unknown. I just look where is your first rounder potentially headed this year, and you go well. The Eagles at, could make the playoffs at eight and eight if them and Dallas, like their division stinks. Where the Rams, they easily can miss the playoffs at nine and seven. Just they've already their division. You just start looking where it's headed. Then our my buddy Do, your buddy, our former producer. I don't know if do you ever produce? Yeah, he did produce mm-hmm. for us. He forwarded me something, or he just texted me like he's a big Jags fan, the only Jags fan I know. Did we get enough? And I'm like, yeah, especially with the Rams going to make the playoffs. And then he's like, well, check the Rams' schedule these next three weeks, like the Falcons, Denver. It's actually, they could easily be 6-3. and three, And then all of a sudden, you'll be like, uh. These next several weeks kind of get a little easier for them. But still, 
If I give you the over-under for the Rams right now at eight and a half, where do you land? Uh, I probably would take the over. Nine but I, I think I think it's pretty clear. But they still got to. It's going to be eight, nine, not eleven or twelve, right? And right. and more likely to not make the playoffs than let's say the Eagles. Now I think the question you the counter would be: If the Niners had had the same offer, would they have taken the Rams' offer or the Niners' offer? They would have taken the Rams' offer. Yeah, it's a lot. Uh, so should the Niners have made this offer? Well, I, you could argue it's less reckless when you're an undefeated team and you go, well, we could win a Super Bowl this year, right? Is that the goal of this whole thing, to try to win a Super Bowl? If I told you the Ram, if the Niners had made this offer and got Jalen Ramsey today, you go, they might win the Super Bowl? How's anyone going to score on them? Would we yeah. Like that? Yeah. I think we would talk like, like that. But yeah, I, like Kirk, I, Kirk Cousins is going to score on these guys? I also look at them and say, if we're in the business of trading ones, do you want to call the Falcons about Julio Jones? The problem is, though, with his contract, they gave him that escrow money. Like It, it makes zero sense for the Falcons to trade up. They've already given him $60 million, and they take the hit. That's where it gets complicated. I, oh, my point I being, would agree. Like, my point just being, like, your defense is pretty good. Really good. In fact, it's one of the best. That makes it Your corners you are fine. I, my other argument, too, guy, would have been like, one month and a half stretch does not justify the 49ers trading you know, two first-rounders. Because I've heard this a couple times through Twitter. Grant, just people tweeting at me like, you think it's a trap game? The 2019 49ers are not allowed a trap game. Do you agree with that? <laughs> yeah, I agree with that. Like, I'd argue there are like three teams in the league allowed trap games. New England, Kansas City. This, you could argue the Saints without Drew. I mean, Sean Payton would be like, Teddy Bridgewater starting court, we don't get trap games. And you're probably right. You know, they, they, there is a small group of teams that are allowed to fall in the trap game category. Way more teams in college, are, there's trap game situations than the pros. Yes. <laughs> you know, there you get no trap game. You know, <laughs> that doesn't exist. So, yeah, I, I would not have offered this if I was the Niners. I would not have offered this if I was the Eagles either. Because when you take a step back and look at the inventory of the Eagles, you go, our secondary is god-awful. But are we just one corner away from being like a 14-2 and two team right now? Probably not. So that would be a little reckless. And they're big on. Because wouldn't you say that most people thought the Eagles were going to end up with Jalen if they got, just because how he's going to be the most aggressive. I think the way these last couple games were, it's just like, God, you guys got smoked. But it was Thielen and Diggs. Like they were smoking him from every angle. It's like he can't play both corner spots. I think it was a smart move to not do this, given how much. You know, if it would have been like a one and a two, that's it. You'd have been like, well, maybe. Two ones and a four. It's a lot of capital, guy. Also, when you look at especially the Niners, at go- three, especially at three and three. Because at three and three, you are just a couple losses away from being five and six. Yeah. I, I From the Niners' perspective, too, you look at it and go, well, this team should like if they're good, they are just getting more expensive here in the next few years, also, right? With their you own could, players. How about this too, guy? If if you go, well, the Rams are gonna end up with Jalen Ramsey. If you're the Niners, in a perfect world, you would well they play the Rams, you know, I think the last game of the season. Might it might be last month of the season or whatever. They already missed one Jalen Ramsey game, right? 
they didn't have to play Jalen Ramsey right. the one time they faced him. So, yeah, you got him. Think about this, too. This is a smart DM I got from a, nine, or a Seattle fan. He's like, in theory, adding Jalen is huge. But when you look at the division and the way the second, like the other two teams that are your rivals are built. It's genius. This is a great point. Like, okay, take away DK Metcalf. Oh, you, who are you gonna you gonna cover uh, Dante Pettis? You know, was he gonna was he to cut, cover Kittle? Well, he could. That's, that's what I'm saying. He, he could. He but, could. He could. And if, okay, if he great. covers Kittle, that's yeah. But see, I, I think George Kittle would still get his. No, I would agree. But there are certain players that Eric Berry used to be like this when he could cover Gronk, and I think Jalen Ramsey, who can cover Gronk too is just one of the unique body types, a 6'3", that's a little bigger and super physical, that just could. And well, that would be the only counter You could argue argument. just covering George Kittle makes him worth, maybe not all of it, but pretty well worth it then. Well, I think before the, the dude popped his Achilles, which, I mean, Will we were Disley? Just, talk, just talking about the guy last week. I know. feel bad for him. You go, well, they got a star tight end, and they got a star tight end. We need to cover those guys. But, like, for the 49ers specifically... They just they do just kind of ride Kittle in the passing game. The, the net, most of the other guys get like two or three catches. You know that's where in that division, I guess was he. You know if you have a division where you have like my, if he was in the NFC South and you had Michael Thomas, Julio Jones, Mike Evans, he would make a lot of sense. In this division, it's it's really a lot more committee because I, I listen. I played Tyler Lockett some games in daily fantasy, and it's like he doesn't have a catch, but like DK and. Jerron Brown get a bunch of catches. Mm. They they are both offenses are kind of equal opportunists, except Kittle. So it's a little more difficult. So then does Jalen just line up over the tight end, like on the line of scrimmage? Because Kittle, he, a lot of his catches, he's he's not they're not flexing him out wide. Like he is on the line of scrimmage with his hand in the dirt. Right. Well, actually, the grass, the dirt is only on the one place that now will never be there. We think. Right. So. Pretty pretty wow, I'll, I'll just, it's big wow. We've, we've I had some fucking it. wow like NFL some... trades these last four or five years, haven't yeah. we? Not yeah. Do you think do you think one of the added elements to these big trades is the amount of influx? We were talking before the earthquake off the air about just you see some of these houses get bought around here. It's not all just like LeBron James buying forty million dollars. It's like businesses and you know offshore money and just weird places. I do think 20 years ago, there were only so many teams and owners who could truly afford, like when Deion Sanders became a free agent, right? Like, look back. Like, the Niners signed him, then the Cowboys signed him. And I bet if you talk to Deion's agent, like, we had three concrete offers at that number, right? Or maybe two. If if the equivalent of Jalen Ramsey hits free agency, every team with the cap space would be thinking, we got a shot, Right? Like, money, it doesn't mean anything to anybody. Unless you're like the Browns, the uh, the Raiders, or the Chargers right now. And even the Chargers do buy their own guys. But every team's able to just break these guys off. Or the majority of teams. It's like, yeah, we'll trade for Clowney, and then if we like him, we'll give him $100 million. If we don't, we'll let him go. Right? right. We'll trade for this guy, and then we'll, if he's a max guy, yeah, we'll take him. I just think more NFL teams than ever... Don't even hesitate. If they think the player's worth it and the team's willing to just get rid of him for whatever, yeah, we'll take your guy and we'll max him. Now, the maxes are, it's not like NBA maxes, but That's what helps. money's getting thrown around at just high rates. Mm-hmm. 
which is, I, I think, good for the entertainment. I think the NFL has a better balance right now than the NBA of, like, if I want to keep my guys, I'll keep them and pay them. If I want to get rid of them, I'll trade them. The right. games still matter. It's the perfect mix of, like, we get, like, this is a legitimate well, trade, you know, that's cool and fun. But it's also, like, it wasn't that fluffy. You kind of understood it. Like, Tom Coughlin might have crossed the line with this guy. Now Jalen might have had it coming, too. I think it's much easier to be a fan GM of football than of the NBA. I agree. Because, first of all, first-round values are valuable, right? Yeah. Like, getting somebody's 28th pick in the NBA is irrelevant. One hundred like Star you, players you get traded it, for picks in football. Well, well, if I if star I'm players the Jag- in the NBA get traded for like a pick and like four other guys, yeah, and a lot of other and a bunch of Jeremy Lambs, yeah, for sure. Like when you tell Jaguar, if I'm a Jaguar fan, you go, I might have two picks in the top twenty. That makes January to the end of April pretty fun, right? Who are we gonna take? What are we gonna do? It's pretty sweet. Well, I, I mean, I, I, I think that. But now it's like now they got ammo. Like, are they gonna draft a quarterback? Because now they've got a – I mean, they could have done it anyway, but they got a lot of ammo now. I think we got to see how their season plays out. But we, we've had two players in the last 24 months, less than that, 12 months, 15 months, go for four first-round picks. Think about that. Hmm. Now, they were two – like, one thing I think Les Snead said to Mike Silver, it might have been an unnamed Ram source, but it kind of sounded like a Les Snead or Jalen Ram – or, I mean, a McVay – they said that Jalen Ramsey is a top five player in any draft ever. Like he's that. Like they're just trying to like equate his talent. Sure, sure. To me, when and I think you'd say the same thing about Khalil Mack, and that's why you have two unique elite talents that are on the market. So they go for historic halls. Well, at the end of the day, if you're the Rams, you can sleep at night because you have Jalen. Like, yeah, we traded yeah. two one. I I wouldn't have done it if I were the Niners, but but they have Jalen Ramsey. But now what you have to do, guy, and you have to do it, is like you have to find Fred Warner in the third. You have to find school. I'm using all these examples. School in the sixth. Find a George Kittle in the fifth. You know, everyone acted like these guys are idiots. Now, like, a lot of their picks are coming through. Can mm-hmm. you find a Kella Weatherspoon, like a solid starter in the third round? Can you do these? Can you you got to hit on some undrafted free well, agents? how do you get any lead offensive lineman now without a first-round pick? Well, you got to – I mean – and limited cash. That's the other. How thing. do you like, get? Yeah. I, do, do you see how much like decent? You know me. Goes? I love draft. Like first round is where I want my lineman, John. I want well, him in the first round. Well, what do you do if you want to get like quote unquote Roger Saffold as a free agent? What does he cost? A shitload. Well, there's a reason Remember, he's not like, there. Yeah, we couldn't pay him. Well, that's that's who hits free agency. So it's not like well, you could just you can get a, a McGlinchey on the cheap. Like no, it doesn't work that way. That that's what that gets back to my initial thing that if I'm an, if I'm the Niners right now. I go, they are going to be in a little bit of a pinch these next, you know, year and a half. So if they're down, we got to take advantage of this shit. Our team should just be better as a whole. And you know what? Like we did, they become a little more complicated to play against offensively. Like, well, you just, you're going to run or pass away from Aaron Donald. Now you also got to pass away from Jalen Ramsey. So you got to keep track of two guys. Like, they, two of their 11 guys are top 10 players in the NFL. I mean, that's. Like you said, back to Les Snee's walking in there. I got two top ten players in the NFL. Yeah, it costs money. Yeah, it's like the Lakers. We got Anthony Davis and LeBron. So what? We got Rondo. All right, John. Let's tell the people about Seat Geek. We keep getting the DMs from all of you out there using the Seat Geek app and using the promo code Ham. 
and getting $10 off your first purchase. We appreciate you sending. We appreciate you using. We appreciate you supporting the app that we've been using for years. SeatGeek makes it easy to buy tickets to games and events. Someone hit me up yesterday and was going, I think, to maybe a Rams-Niners game later in the season. I know we've had people that use it on the Monday Night Football game coming up, Seattle coming up here to Levi's at the mm-hmm. end of this month. Uh, maybe it's early November. But we got uh, we got events everywhere, guy. We got if you live in New York, you want to go to a Yankee game. You live in L.A., you want to go see uh, Chip Kelly or Clay Helton, coach him up on the sideline. You hey, you live in the Bay Area, guy. We got a big, and I repeat, big college football game, 11 a.m. Memorial Stadium, right on San Andreas Fault Line. Uh, Oregon State playing the Beaver or the Beavers playing Cal Bears. Just download the SeatGeek app. Easiest thing, you just it has pictures of every venue, every stadium, known to man. You click on them, you see. And uh, you, you purchase and you use the promo code HAM. Very easy to very easy to use, guy. Yep, very. I've like you said, big green dots. Buy little red dots. You flip the bird and say, "I'm not going to pay those prices." And then whenever you find the good value, use the promo code HAM and, and off you go. Um, okay, big picture Niners. Now you know. I feel like this week because this Rams game was so big, but also because they're undefeated. There's been a lot of hey, they're unbeaten, so. Resume says they're second best team in the league, third best, one of the best. They are a creme de la creme, one of the best teams in the NFL. Which in college, you're like, if you look at the Pac 12 right now, a lot of people have been doing power rankings. And I think Washington's still the third best team in the league. A lot of people have ASU there. Most people have ASU there. I think, you know, it's like Cal beat Washington. Who do I think is better? Washington. They play Oregon this week, Middlecoff. Big game. I, I, I would. I would put ASU above Washington. As, yeah. a, as a Pete guy, his team's off this year. No, they are. Weird. They are. I still think their ceiling's the highest, but we'll see. ASU plays Utah this week, Middlecoff. So. Wasn't Washington's year supposed to be like next year? Yeah, w- once you get Easton coming back, and I guess. I, I don't know. He ain't going pro now, is he? I mean. Are we sure he's in that every, good? Every two weeks we can have this discussion, but. Yeah, no, I know what you're saying. Um, but at least they, they've all kind of now cross-pollinated and played each other. That makes the NFL a little difficult. It's like, well, if you haven't played the same teams as these other teams or you haven't played good quarterbacks, you know, how do I judge you? Ultim- ultimately, the point I'm trying to make, and that probably wasn't the best illustration, is just because you beat somebody doesn't mean you're better than them. And just because you beat somebody that beat somebody else doesn't mean you're better than somebody else. We do that well, a lot Wouldn't you college. say the best example, if you just put that Seattle Rams game, Seattle won the game, they missed a 43-yard kick. So if like if that kick is just three feet to the left, the conversation after the game, Jared Goff is on the podium, not Russell Wilson, right? With the NFL Network guys, that it just literally changes by five feet, right? And if that happens, then aren't then aren't we just like, well, the Niners are better than the Seahawks? Well, and, and even if they're let's say instead of being three and three, the LA Rams are four and two, do they still make that Ramsey trade? And then if they're four and two with Ramsey, you look at them a little differently, like oh whoa, <laughs> right for shit. I but mean, well, we sure it's gonna be harder for the Niners to win the division than we thought, even though they beat them. So are the Niners better than the Seahawks? Do we know that today? I don't think See, we know. I, I can't say that. And yeah. people keep going like, Middle Cop, where do you rank the Niners? You think? I think they're a legitimate squad. They are a playoff-level squad and something that has to be taken seriously. But if you just look at their division, I can't even say they're the best team in their division yet. They're better than the Rams. I watched them play the Rams, and they kicked the shit out of the Rams. So I, no one's going to argue that right now. Saw them on the road, off a short week, beat the shit out of them. Seattle's a different animal. They've had, like, they win, unlike the Rams, who have kind of only won with the core guys. How many defensive starters can you think you and I can, 
name for the for the Seattle. Probably Griffin. Five. Yeah, I mean Bennett. One, uh, they don't have a Bennett. Which Bennett just got suspended? Just uh, yeah, is missing the, the week. That, that was Moose, who used to be on their team. Um, Henderson. Oh, Wagner. Yeah, I mean, but that's why it's not this group where you could name How, every one of their players. Who else? KJ Wright, Clowney. Oh, okay, yeah. Clowney. Uh, yes. Ziggy is back now, but again, like they they have a lot of just random guys playing in their secondary. But oh oh oh, uh, Bradley McDougald. Is he on their squad? <laughs> they they just got a lot of randos. And Michael Kendricks. It works. I've got their depth chart up now. Oh, yeah, oh, 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 Puna Ford. You guy, you can't bury Oh, 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 Al, Al Woods. Al Woods actually made a play when I was watching the Browns game. Big boy. You, you know you their free safeties better? are Tedrick Thompson, Marquise Blair, and I didn't know Ugo Amati was. Who is Ugo Amati? Oregon guy. Um, they have a lot of Pac-12 guys on their team. Do you notice that? Like, yeah. They, they like the Pac-12. They feel they very comfortable I wonder this. I thought about this the other day when I was watching Disley go down. I wonder if Schneider just think about where you live. You've gone to a lot of Oregon, Washington. You've just developed close relationships, probably with their coaches and mm-hmm. recruiters over the years. You feel very comfortable about their players. Yeah, like you just got inside information that, like, you know, like Belichick feels that he has with Saban that you just developed, like with Pete. I bet like, hey, Pete, him and Pete yeah. know each other pretty well. Who do you think is good in this league? Oh, you know what's yeah. tough is Marquise Blair. What if I told you, you know what they've done, done now every year? They do they do like cross-coach where they bring in the staffs, you know, from the Washington. And Pete, Pete Carroll and John Schneider every year for the last five years have spent seven hours on a, on a one day in April just going over every Pac-12 guy that he – you know, just something like that. On, Pete's, like, on Pete's boat. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. While Schneider's eating with an untucked shirt and no socks on. But no, ankle I, socks I, I, with, a dress, with, with dress shoes. That's I'll say was. this. I think that the Niners are more talented than Seattle, but are they this is a team game. And Russell's well, the best player on the field. I, I do think Kyle gives him a shot. And I if you told me the Niners win the division, I'm gonna believe it. I mean I would if you tell me that's what happens, I could see it. But you you'd be a little surprised. It's gonna be difficult as shit. <laughs> that's what yeah, I, I I agree with you. When Jimmy's gonna go up to Seattle and win a game? I look, I agree with you, but well, you ask, like, can you make the argument the Niners are better? I think you can. No, I... I it's just I, hard because we haven't seen it yet. But their defense right now is better. And just even... I mean, I don't even... Like, that's not a hot take. Um, who has the best offensive player non-quarterback if they were to play each other? The 49ers do. Yeah. George Kittle. Mm-hmm. Who's the second best offensive player? Carson's a beast, bro. Okay, Chris Carson. He's, who's, a, he's a monster. Who's the third best offensive player, non-quarterback? Would you take Tyler Lockett over any of the Niners receivers? Uh, Bre- Breda and Tevin Coleman are good. You could argue like they're all kind of in the same mix. Yeah, that makes it hard because Niners just that's you're right. That makes this a little unfair because it's hard to do this comparison because Niners just run the rock. The Niners are like a college basketball team that go like twelve deep, and they're gonna they're like Sienna or Butler, where every they're gonna yeah, they, the a bunch of upperclassmen. They, yeah, like every one of their guys averages like seven points, you know? It's like, who's their best player? I don't know. They got six guys that all look the same. And I do think, like, is Russell better than Jimmy? Yeah, no duh. But can Jimmy play well enough just to 
Like, with his defense against that guy, can Jimmy make enough plays against that team? Hell yeah. I would say the difference is you know for a fact that Russ can go on the road and be the best player in the league that week. Yes. Right? I know at Russell, Levi's, at L.A. I know I know Russell can carry you, but I, like he kind of – part of this deal is he has to right now. Like, Jimmy doesn't have to. But but that's his part – that's been their deal now since yeah, they got rid of no all doubt. the guys. No doubt. I'm just saying, like – that doesn't put that Seattle might win because of that, but Seattle's not ten points better because of he, that. Okay, well, one hundred percent. That well, yeah, I, I'd say it's a coin flip, and I'm going to give the edge to Seattle till the Niners prove otherwise. Luckily, that's what makes this great. The Niners in the next two months, such a Niner hater. You see that every play Seattle, so we're going to know where they stand. Play them twice, and they play Green Bay. Who you would put that other team? Because to me, it's hard to, you know. Judge the AFC like New England. I, I can't even think about like where they stack. It does. It's irrelevant. Like they'll just if they meet one. If the Niners get a Super Bowl, we'll worry about that then. I'm just looking at the NFC. Where is the Super where you Bowl go? This year? It's in Miami. You you got to go through Seattle, which you got still two games left. You got Green Bay, who's kind of establishing themselves as you know one of the best teams in the league. This is one of their more well-rounded squads. And then I think there are a couple other teams that would stand out. Would be like Minnesota. Like Minnesota's really good. I don't love Cousins, but their team's fucking loaded. And then the Saints. So it's just, that's where, to me, we start talking about stacking up. You know, if the Niners are going to be a quote-unquote Super Bowl team, it's going to need to come through Levi's. Like, do you see this team and Jimmy, it's really hard to go on the road New Orleans, Minnesota, Green Bay, and win games in January. Like, maybe they'd be able to do it in a couple years, but they would be the underdog uh, right yeah, now. Yeah, I mean, I fundamentally agree with that. But again, when you when you play defense like the 49ers can play defense, all of a sudden, going on the road, it's a different animal as opposed to when you have to go outscore teams. When you got to go play defense against the Saints, it's like okay, that if the Saints, if the Niners and Saints played right now with Drew Brees, what do you think the score of that game? Forget about who wins. Just what do you think the score would be? Like it's not where where, where are we playing? We'll play to New Orleans. I'm just saying that I don't think that game is like that's not 41 38. No, well, you don't score on them it exactly, be, but I'm score, just saying like 15 to 10. Yeah, so I my point is just like you've got a shot in all these games because you've got a defense again in a passing league. You can you can run the football, yeah, good point. Which that plays I, on but the I'm, road. I'm not you saying guy, defense, they w- that travels. I'm not saying they wouldn't belong. I'm just saying you know how when they fucking start doing skull or that place in New Orleans, you can't hear yourself think. It just be there are a couple environments, and then Green Bay is just really cold. They're just difficult to win at in January. Jimmy's been in New England. Well, I, he's not phased by the cold. I'm just the noise would fuck them. We got to do a film study. Did Jimmy wear the swim the swim coat on the sidelines in cold Patriots games, or did he, he go? Had to, I mean, he had to. Have. It was so cold. That's always the most miserable look. It's like when you've got to take that thing off to come back onto the field. Here, here's where I think you're, you feel pretty good about, regardless of your opponents and schedule and even the record. You're legitimately a top-five team in the NFC. Like, you got a shot to beat any team in the NFC. Keep building on it. You're in the mix. That's all anyone could ask for October. Whether you're 4-1, and 5-0, oh, like, you are, you are a worthy opponent. Now, now you're going to have to do it a couple times to truly get the respect. Like, I give you a lot of respect the way you kick the Rams' ass. Now, you do it. You split with Seattle and you beat Green Bay. Then we go, yeah, this team can win it all. And that that's where, to me, like, we're not even close to talking, like, home field advantage enough yet. Like, I think we got to be, like, 10 games in to kind of gauge that. Would you say that's fair? 
Yeah. Like, it's hard to do home field advantage when you're 5-0. and Right, right. But that's, we start talking about that kind of maybe a little closer to Thanksgiving because that does matter. We see it. There are these environments in the NFC that are pretty unique, right? You got to play a game in Philly. You got to play a game in New Orleans. You got to play a game in Minnesota. Like that's like going like to Alabama or LSU. Like those are elite environments that also factor in weather. That's where. Well, I guess New Orleans or Minnesota don't, but Philly does. Chicago, Green Bay, the North definitely would. Right. Mm-hmm. So one of those two teams, I guess. It just it's either crazy noise like Minnesota or New Orleans or crazy weather slash noise. I just think Philly is a tough place to play. Like if they're, let's say like Seattle won the division at 12-4 and four and the Niners were 11-5 and five and they were the five seed and Philly won the NFC East. This is what's crazy about the NFL playoffs, right? They could be 9-7 and seven and they host you. Like that's, that to me is already what it's kind of shaping up like. Whoever doesn't win the division between Seattle and San Francisco be the five seed, kind of like last year when San Diego, L.A., San Diego, L.A., was the fourth five seed, and they were 12-4, and four, and they were playing like the fucking Ravens, you know, who were 10-6 and six or 9-7-1, right, right. and one, or you're like, God, we're the better team, and you got to go there, and then who are you playing? Oh, we're playing Philly? <laughs> did, you know, that's it gets difficult. Did you see that thing uh, on ESPN? I don't, I don't know when it came out. It might have been today, of the Niners, like, it's historic in the 2000s. Their drop, the differential in the yards per drop back on offense and defense. So, no. like the difference when you like their yards per drop back on offense is seven and a half yards. Every drop back is seven and a half yards. On defense, it's four point four yards. So the what do you mean drop back, like just a quarterback drops back. So you okay. just take all the passes that are complete and the ones that are incomplete. That's a total number of dropbacks. Right on offense. How far, and how far are the quarterbacks going, or how far? No, no, the play no. Just goes. how many yards per play, not including run plays. Okay, gotcha. And not including like, I guess scrambles would be included. Like, what, if it's what, a, what was it in the two thousands? So the Niners this year, the differential is three point one, and I guess this is like the point they of the article is three point one. Yeah, so their offense is seven and a half per drop back yards. Gotcha. The defense is four point four. Okay. Apparent, like the reason I bring it up is, I guess, the point of the article. I'd never really seen people use this stat, but this stat is pretty indicative of success. Like when you go historically in the NFL, like this year, when your positive differential from your offense to your defense is two yards or more, teams are twenty-two and seven. Well, it's just I think if you just so, put it in layman's terms, right? Like if you are producing through the air and you don't give up any yards through the air on defense, you're going to fucking be pretty good. Right. So the Niners... Wouldn't you say that's a problem for the Rams right now? They're giving up so many yards in the air that it's negating even when they do throw for a lot of yards. So the Niners differential at 3.1 leads the NFL this year. The Patriots are second at 2.9. The last... What's crazy is the the Patriots haven't even thrown for that many yards, right? So it's their defense probably being elite. Oh, so it's a 538 article. So here it is. Um... The only team that's even close to the Niners' current mark at 3.1 yards differential is the 2001 Rams. Who sneaky had a great defense. People just talk about their offense. That's right. Lovey, Lovey Smith was their defensive coordinator. Probably one of the more underrated parts. And I, I say this time about all great offenses. I think when you really go back and look, starting with like Walsh, I can just speak in my lifetime, 
Walsh and some of those Cowboy teams, some of those Packer teams with Favre and Holmgren, you know the big differentiating factor was they've all had top defenses. Even yeah. like you go back and look at Elway squads, well, yeah, like Elway was older. They were actually a run offense, remember? Sure. Right. And their, de- and their defenses were like Atwater crushing people, and they had good defensive lines, and they had corners. Like most of the teams until, wouldn't you say, these last four or five years with some of these like Eagle teams with defense was questionable, some of the Patriot teams, historically like defense travels. Now, you also have to have a Hall of Fame quarterback or good offense beside a couple outliers. But I think a lot of times, and this is where like Lewis is of the world, kind of talk shit about, you know, people like just your casual fan that offense, 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 like that doesn't play come January typically. Right. Historically. Historically. Well, I mean, in the history of the league, you, you need you need everything. We always laugh, like, well, you know, when you people try to talk shit about a coach because he had star players, it's like, well, if you won championships, you better believe he had star players. Of course, wouldn't he had you star say? Players. That, couldn't you argue like, how did the Patriots lose the Super Bowl this year? Are they that good at defense? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> wouldn't you say? Isn't it fair to say they are the heavy favorites right now? Yeah, they should be viewed like the Warriors when you just factor their path to get the one seed how impossible it is to beat them at home in the playoffs. And then when you just factor in, this is the best defense they've had since, like, oh, through. Are you oh. sure Gronk isn't going to be back? Just, like, not – he's skinny now, so no blocking. Just he, out there he running said, around. You see yesterday he was in DWEI, and they asked him, they asked him, he's like, listen, he's like, the only reason I leave it open-ended is because every time that I say, no, I'm not coming back, then you guys just flip it like, oh, he's just lying – so he's like, I prom- I'm not coming back. <laughs> I, he was out of it. It was the first time I've ever seen him. Like, I'm not coming back. But and this is, I'm not just saying that so then you guys say he's just lying. I'm seriously, I'm not coming back. I'm happy I'm good. I'm not coming back. I, okay. I wouldn't be shocked necessarily if he comes back like next year or something. But I think this year he's legitimately taking time off. When I saw him cry... I think his body, he was at aches and pains that were just probably overwhelming. That he plays... I think through pretty well because he's always I guess I would say his greatest attribute is like his positivity mm-hmm. that you don't ever feel like you're like Gronk's in pain you know you just because he always I bet he was in there were days where he thought about like I can't believe I'm doing this and his body showed it right on game day when he looked like Barry Bonds running down the sideline I don't think he's coming back All to right. me their question is like does Nikhil Harry come back and look good because if he does what week is this? are we going into week seven uh they're five and zero oh with a bye. So it's week six. Yeah, week seven. So he can come back after week eight. But mm-hmm. I haven't really seen anything about him lately. My gut would be on him. Would He's going to have the classic year where it's like, he was hurt and like the offense was kind of complicated. It just didn't work out. And then next year he'll be the guy. Oh, he had his first practice back. Oh, he's back? I, oh, I think you're allowed to practice two weeks before you come back. Okay, he, so he started practicing Tuesday. So he's going to come. He's coming. I'm actually I'm excited to watch him play. Me too. He comes back. He's one of my favorite picks to watch. Me too. All right, some NFL headlines, John. Um, too bad they didn't have Jaden Daniels with him and Eno. They would have been really good. I Can know. you imagine if Nikhil Harry was on this team? Yeah, ASU. I know. Do they have a big time wide receiver right now, or not really? So they got a guy named Brandon Ayuk, who kind of looks like Nikhil. Actually, he's a good return guy, big play guy. From what I've heard, he's not like a precise route runner just like people around the program but he's a really really good player really younger younger no i think he's a he transferred into the program like might have been a junior college guy last year he was on the team last year he just Nikhil got all the attention but he's really good so i think he's a senior though but 
okay, some NFL headlines. Alex Smith had 17 surgeries. So kind of feel that. bad for the guy, don't you? God, that is that insane. Can you imagine 17 surgeries? That's there was. I guess he talked to like some medical thing and said that. You know when you hear a player is like 50 and he's like, you know, I had 20 surgeries over my career. You'd be like, damn man, guy went under the knife a lot. Hell yeah. Alex Smith guy at this time last year. I mean, this might have been legitimately the week he got hurt, give or take a week. Like he had 17 surgeries in the last 12 months. I think that's what's nuts. So clearly, someone fucked up pretty bad. And, you know, I think we assume doctors a little bit like chefs. Like every time your food's made, it's just going to be good. Not even just good, but like healthy, you're not going to get sick. Every time you go to surgery, I'm actually speaking for a guy that's never had real surgery. But you just assume when you're going under, like it's going to be okay. And sometimes it's not. You know, and and I think sometimes when you have a legitimate injury and they do screw it up, and in fairness, I can't even imagine being a doctor, like how intense that would be, dude. You know, whether it's his heart and the life's on the line, or it's his knee and like walking's on the line. But we've seen Steve Kerr, Alex Smith. If they do screw up an initial surgery and it's a big time important surgery, it has massive ramifications, right? Like, yeah, there's now, no undo, but there's no control. R or whatever. Now, as part of this, remember, his leg snapped, and there was bones. It was bad. But I think the counter would be, I remember when Paul George did that, I was watching the game. My my initial thought was like, it's it's over. It's done. And his doctor would be like, tell me that again, buddy. (laughs) Two Mac contracts since. Like, he hasn't skipped a beat. So, for every Alex Smith, it goes the other way. When you think the guy's done, the guy comes back just fine. Now, maybe there are always, like, Remember, Alex had like tendons ripped. Like it was really, really bad. It was, it was one of the more uglier ones I've ever seen. I remember talking to Coach Reed last summer on the phone. He was, he was pretty emotionally moved by it. I think the people that knew, like the Naggies and the guys that were really close to uh, Alex the last couple years, I mean, like, were pretty. It messed him up. It'd be like a family member. I mean, this guy was beloved. I mean, Joe Staley, like his best friend. I mean, everyone that knew him closely, like, doesn't just talk highly about the guy. Like, they swear by the human, you know? They have to go through this. Remember the scene? Was he at the practice field, and he had that apparatus on his leg? And you're like, Jesus Christ. I've seen a lot of injuries in pro sports. I've never seen that thing. Feels like it's one of the worst injuries in recent pro sports memory Mm. of a non, like... Non-life-threatening, you mean? Yeah. Yeah. Like, he even... You know what's pretty cool? I always – it's just kind of exciting to see him. It's like whenever you see Shazier on the sideline, like up just walking around and he travels with the team. Like that's – that got a lot better fast, you yeah. know. Not yeah. that it's going to be – he's never going to play again more than likely, but it's like – looked like he was never going to walk again. Now he's walking and moving and dancing and, you know, he's just coming along. Like Alex maybe in like five years when you see him like, you know, he's Andy Reid's uh, quarterback coach. He might be okay. <laughs> Uh, all right. Well, what about? Oh, this was a big. You know, we're recording this Wednesday, Monday Night Football. Uh, the officiating debacle on Monday night was a big deal. Um, and I, I, my, I watched it thinking, you know me, like I'm not, uh, I'm not into, uh, you know, dragging officials through the streets. Um, 
but or and or loving replay. Do you know any but officials I'm, personally, like a, like a Pac-12 official or any, you get to know any of them? Um, I regularly communicate with one NBA official, and he like he legitimately works NBA games. A real NBA official, yeah. So okay, just you got a little biased. Did you listen to the, po- <laughs> listen to the podcast or? No, I don't. I don't. Uh, I don't think so. How how long have you had this relationship? A couple of years. You meet him through the NBA. Yes. And you, I mean, it's cultivated a relationship, and you guys buddies. I don't. I wouldn't. I mean, I don't know if he'd call me a buddy, but like, if he was like this year, if he's doing a Warrior game and staying in the city, like, would you guys get drinks or maybe bite? Uh, we might do the thing where you're like, hey, man, you want to try and work something out? And then nothing happens. Probably gotcha. one of those. Yeah. You consistently talk with a guy. Okay. I said, just trying to get a, but you got a little biased. Uh, you feel his side. Cause I bet he's telling you a lot. Like the things they're saying to me. Cause I'm adamant. Like, hey, buddy. No, I, if he I, says fuck you to your face, you got to walk away. Yeah. I, I, uh, he doesn't really, I've never gotten the impression that he's like super offended by like the way he gets talked to. Not a big complainer. So I, you know, I don't know. But I, I, for me, it's more just like I've got this fun when the mob starts marching is when I get a little annoyed with like, OK, well, then let's replace that. Because, you know, I don't know if anyone's noticed the more humans we've added. We need a replay center. We need more experts like it hasn't gotten better. It hasn't no. changed anything. We need to we need to review past interference like, OK, well, how's it going so far? But see, that, that's where I differentiate from the herd guy. Everyone mm. thinks it's been a debacle. I think it's been exactly what they said. It's not going to be bang-bang play. So why is everyone right. bitching and moaning when they're not overturning <laughs> it? Right. I'm saying, though, like they, I think that like the, we're at this place to review P.I. because of the play in the Saints game. Well, it turns but, out, it turns out all, you know what all these games aren't? They're not the NFC Championship game. But they're also like most P.I.s, for the most part, are not egregious. And you know what happens with most egregious PIs? The the flag gets thrown. So you don't even need to review it. Well, what I'd say is like why do we why do we even have to throw the flag then? If it's agreed, why don't we just let the guys in the booth determine what's egregious? You, and you then you know con- what people would say? Well, why didn't they challenge? Why didn't they review that one? You've convinced me probably over the last 12 months I've become less caught up with it. My gambling has also kind of come back to earth. A lot of that is when you get screwed by and, by a bet. And I'll but say I this, do, you, you've you convinced me a little bit that we do have to at least consider the gambling element here when we're going through all of this. There was, I thought Monday night, might be a little hyperbole, mainly just because my memory, I, I like every big moment that the ref is fucked up, I can't just go back and I've witnessed in the last 20 years. We've all witnessed a lot of them. That feels like a top five moment non-replacement refs or anything, on a Monday night football game, we'll just keep it in that vacuum, <laughs> we've ever seen. We've ever seen. He called a hands of the face, yeah. which, you know, hands of the face is a play that I think you'd probably see called like every other game in the NFL. It gets called. Whether it's happens on the line of the scrimmage for offensive and defensive linemen, and it often happens, right, cornerbacks or wide receivers sometimes in the line of scrimmage hand fighting. It's a hand fighting it's like the judo element of uh, when people you see people at practice working the hands. It's what it is. They're taught to go toward the shoulder pads. Trey Flowers, who was taught by Bill Belichick, has never had that called on him guy in his career. Flawless resume. Flawless resume. And I, officials know, and we disagreed on this before the podcast, I think officials know when they're calling a game, they get a printout on what players have been called for what penalties. And part of that is like, 
when you're doing Avante's perfect game, you know you just got to keep an eye on that stuff. No different in the NBA. Like when you're doing a Draymond, you know the hotheads. I'm not talking about hotheads. I'm talking about players that you know consistently do things to get called for them. It's just the same with the NFL. I mean, on the teams, it happens on both sides. They they come equipped coming in. This guy had never been called for. But it is somewhat of a bang banger. So I get when the it gets called the first time. That was had guy was third. It was twenty two to thirteen. It was like a third and fifteen. They got off the field, and they would have had to kick punt the ball back to the Lions with like seven minutes left. The game wouldn't have been quote unquote officially over, but they would have been screwed. Two plays later, Rodgers throws a touchdown. It's twenty two twenty. Lions get the ball back, go three and out or whatever. Punt the ball back to the Packers. They get off the field again, and the same thing happens. The same fucking call by the same referee on the same player within a five-minute stretch, which legitimately led to the game. I mean, then it was just iced. The game was over. I I, I thought that I'll give you the benefit of the doubt on the one the first time. Shit happens, bang-banger, whatever. Even though for you, that angle as the back judge it's not as much as bang bang or you're used to the speed you see it especially if you're a full-time back judge you've been doing it for a while it is a little more clear the second time though guy was i you know i'm gonna use words that are you know inexcusable unacceptable you name it it's just i like you yeah you're laughing because i always laugh at that like unacceptable not, really right the, the nfl hasn't ceased to exist I'm not actually arguing with you right now, but I always laugh at unacceptable. If I was a Lions fan, because or, it's so clearly acceptable. <laughs> yeah, well, it is acceptable. Yeah, but it's, it's not the, the Twitter. I understand you. You don't. Fans. You you don't want to have to live with that. I get that. I and I just thought that individual. I'm just talking about this instance in a vacuum was was like wherever the egregious line was. I thought like to me, egregious egregious is like the Saints game where it's like, guys, you got to be. This is a big fucking moment. You got to be on the ball. This, while it's early in October, this does have playoff ramifications. Think about the win for the Lions. It, it was just... Uh, you know, it's funny. I thought the touchdown that was called a touchdown when the receiver's knee was clearly down at, like, the pylon cam has actually been a great development, and the guy was clearly down, like, a few yards short. Like, that's a reviewable play. It's a play that gets reviewed. For them to miss that was crazy to me because we have the technology. You guys are already reviewing it. You know, like, what I would say about the official here... Uh, and I, I, I don't like. Hopefully, he gets down. I'm sure he gets downgraded, and I don't know what that means for him. But um, you don't know that the first call was wrong necessarily when you make the second call. Like when you make the second call, you think this guy just did this five minutes ago, and I was doing it again. So, you know, I, I don't, I, I get, I get all the emotion of it all. I don't think it's insane. You, you think you saw what you think you saw. That's part of the flaw of humanity. So, fine. We want to do an eye in the sky. One official, basically, officials just throw flags, but it's not really a, an official penalty until it's confirmed by the guy in the booth. I saw John Perry, who I didn't realize wasn't officiating this year, a.k.a. Drew Hill. Um, I guess he works for ESPN. I didn't realize he wasn't a referee in the NFL anymore. He, he, I mean, he's a really good ref. He's on a ton of big games. But you know what we got to do? We got to start paying them enough that they don't go work for well, I, like I networks. Saw- Either McAfee or Orlovsky the other day on Get Up, he said one major problem. It was McAfee. He's like, I don't blame any of these guys. And I, I work for this company now, but he's like, he used that guy as an example. He's like, well, that guy, and Rex is sitting right next to him. He said his name, I John Perry. John Perry, he's like, yeah. He's like, that guy is good. And Rex is like, yeah, he is. He is. And they're like, well, he left the league. And then he starts listing off the other guys. Uh, 
Gene Steratore. Yeah, he starts rattling off the names. Like, these guys are leading Ter- the sport. Who's the CBS? Terry McCauley? Is he the CBS guy? Yeah. And, and you start going, well, I'm making 300 grand being a referee, and everyone shits on me nonstop. I can make 350 grand working at ESPN, and no one says shit about me. Well, and the other my job's way easier. I travel way less. Here's the other thing that happens when you become the guy on TV, and you just say one thing that's like a uh, 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 hair critical of officials. Like the sports media that analyzes the media is like, uh, wh- this guy's a s- rising star. It's like, yeah, I mean, he's sitting in the booth. He's not on the field anymore. It's, it's, it's easier. And even he said, like, I hated the eye in the sky thing. Well, yeah, he was on the field. Now he likes it. Well, yeah, he's in the booth. Um, so whatever. Like, I'm for whatever stops this insanity because I think part of the reason we're here is because it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. We talk about it all the time, nonstop. And the more we talk about it, the more we talk about it. I don't think it's fixable. I, I don't have a solution. I'm with you. I, that's beside, pro- beside finding guy, I would start finding referees or something. Well, I think they get downgraded. They don't do games. They don't do playoff games, all that stuff. I, finding a, Because, again, my issue with finding guys is – their biggest, fl- I think, a lot of them in these situations, your flaw is just that you're a human. That's like finding players for drop for drops. Like this is, it's not well, it, it, breaking if we, the. If, if we don't want to go to robots, you guys better prove you can do the job. Because but, but John, I'm telling you right now, we've got we've got lifetimes of evidence that says that humans have reached a peak of of officiating, especially now that we only have more technology, so we know every mistake. I think we have the golden age of officiating is over. It's like it's, it's been as good as it could get. Well, now you're right. It, it, it never it never existed. That's the other thing. Of course not. Because I like, saw I saw someone. It's tweeting. as bad as it's ever been. Like okay, I, I saw some older guy tweeting at like McAfee or Orlovsky. It was Orlovsky went on some rant. I know, and, and I yeah, and it's like it's like bro, it's always been like this. You just were in the league, and before we only had one TV. If you think about like you said, Ted, uh, what's Ted's last name? Uh, the guy that calls. Oh, Ted Robinson. Game. Ted Robinson at the, the whole place booze because the one I've heard someone say, well, they should just review every penalty. Well, then the fucking people there would boo every penalty because it would take a lot of time and it would suck. I think everyone leaving the stadium in the history since like Babe Ruth and DiMaggio were sitting. I saw an iconic picture of Notre Dame played SC at like Yankee Stadium in like 1931 in the front. Two guys sitting in the front row were DiMaggio and Ruth. There were people complaining about officials when they left that stadium that day, just like in the fifties, the sixties, oh, well, seventies, and every the, the the poem about Mighty Casey. They boo the re- they boo the umpire for the first two strikes that Casey at the bat takes. So it's just it, it's it's always been that way. We just hear and see about it more. I do think when they're just feel pretty like egregious errors that cost teams games. Like I can live with stuff like in the second and third quarter. But when it's at the end of the game, in a two-point game, in a playoff game, I, I do understand why people are incensed. Well, I, right. I'm just saying, to the referee, he just, all he can do is throw a flag for what he sees or doesn't see. But he, or but she he, sees he, or doesn't see. Whether it's, I'm just saying, you, you're, you, the fourth quarter, the second quarter, you're just you. So maybe, maybe there has to be a way when you throw that flag that costs the Lions the game that does not happen – like to me, I, I saw yesterday. Well, you're finding guys. Are they making mistakes because they're not? No, no. Focused? Listen, the league came out and apologized, and the okay. Lions president was like, "We appreciate them acknowledging." It's like, why even say that? Like, what the fuck does that even mean? Appreciate them acknowledging? I don't, I don't give a shit. 
Like, I, like all coaches get mad when players go, my bad. What the fuck is my bad? Like, don't well, do that well, again. No, no, no. The reason they do it is because we must have transparency. Did you see it was a mistake? Yeah, everybody. We saw it was a mistake. Thanks to every media member on my timeline for tweeting at NFL officiating. Been very productive. Like, okay, here's your two-minute report. All right, well, what about the last five minutes? The two-minute report reveals these guys miss a bunch of calls. Like, well, yeah. <laughs> Duh. I, I think for the most part, all humans want is for a game just to be decided by the players or the coaches. And I, it does feel like lately, probably more than definitely baseball and basketball in the biggest games, the NFL and just football officials. Now, we had some blowouts in college football. But because the NFL is such a high – and maybe it just speaks to, like, the parity. In most big games, games are tight. Right, they're just. I mean, they're going to be decided by a play here, a play there. That's that is what like I do think. I would great. put the NBA right up there. A bad calls, just like how much of a conversation this is. Yeah, but I would say for the most part, hasn't the NBA been pretty consistent with they've always had shitty officials? We've always thought that, like, because it's way more subjective. It feels like than the NFL. Yeah, there's only three of them, so you know everybody's name. And things are just so bang bang, and sometimes they call it, and players scream and one. You can hear the players. It's a little different. I, I agree with you. We, we're hard on those officials too, a very, and they deserve it. I mean, they've had had a guy on the take guy, and the take thing to me is just kind of this. I w- elephant in the room's hard, but it's like a mid-sized dog in the room of just we got to keep tabs on these guys, you know? Because if you're making three hundred grand, and someone comes to you and goes, "I'll give you two hundred grand." Just make this game, if I'm calling the Redskins-Niner game, some, you know, Johnny Vito comes to me and goes, listen, I'll give you 200 grand cash. So it's actually like 400 grand. Just keep this game within 10 points. And you could do a couple subtle things. Now, eventually, Don G got caught, but you could do that. And I'm just saying that all, these leagues, Yeah, but if, if I was Goodell or, or Silver, definitely Silver because he's seen it, it is something they think about and definitely talk about, right? Well, it's just they, something they you gotta, should, yeah. You know, it's just... I'm not saying that happened on Monday night. It, it 99% probably didn't. But it is just something that the bigger this gets, just the more money it gets, and I think it speaks to... The reason a player is never going to throw it, because even like an average starter in the NFL or the NBA makes like five, six million, <laughs> you know? They, they, you'd have to offer them so much to even get them to think. It's why it's happened in college. Well, you need a guy that's nothing. in like significant debt. You need a guy that was, but it's just it's going to be harder and harder with pro athletes to be in that position, right? Yeah, I, I, where it is much easier to get to the ref that goes. Even if you're making three hundred grand, you got a couple kids, you can find yourself in debt fast. Just do a couple things that that month, someone offers you five hundred fucking thousand dollars to you know you know to George Kittle that means nothing, but to Middlecoff the referee, I, who knows? You know, I just I the part that bugs my wife's me threatening is, to leave me. My my I can't pay my mortgage. Look, the part that bugs me is just the players, the coaches. We want them to decide the game. You're right, but you think that'd be a good movie if we wrote a script for just intertwine that? What's that like a, a Donagy? Yeah, but like with the NFL and you know guys, in, but then John, mixing it would, the mob. It would it would it would it would air in China before it aired in the United States. The NFL would shut that one down. You think so? The, the the Chinese censors would allow it, but the NFL censors. It would be would. a Leo type character going to the hotel. He's super. He has a gambling problem. He's got this beautiful wife and a young family. He's overextended himself. What the was, wages the NFL pays him is a little low, right? Yeah. He's only making like one hundred seventy five thousand dollars, but he's living a five hundred thousand dollars lifestyle. Um, 
we say we want the players and the and the coaches to, but they make mistakes all the time and they get killed for it. But the refs are the ones that have to be perfect. But but the, but the coaches get fired for it. Players get cut yeah. for it. Like there okay. are ramific- there's no ramifications for the refs. I I see, but I don't think that's true. And you're gonna say, well, what are they? I don't know, but I don't think that's true. I think okay, guys I do cycle out of the league. You just don't. You just want somebody hung in front of the masses, which to me is like, you know, so lame. But. I don't know. I, to me, the high, the big power media members tweeting at NFL officiating on Monday yeah, Night Football I mean, I was the one that, that. <laughs> like, no, no, I, I know you don't. It was just like, okay, like, <laughs> that's stupid. I, I, I want to bang I'm, my I'm, head against the wall. I'm in agreement there. That that's stupid. I I, I don't disagree. I don't go that far. I just, I know. No, no, no. You scream. Uh, and I mainly just scream. Like I, I've even come to grips. Like the the typical call does. The, Monday night bothered me. Monday fair, night, fair. Monday night made me uncomfortable. <laughs> At the classic media line, I'm uncomfortable with what's going on. Are you really? Uh, uh, all right, rattle me off a couple more headlines here. I mean, I'd say Mariota got lunch. benched. Yep, dude was drafted second overall. As he, I watched a little bit of like a 10 second clip from his locker day. He's like, yeah, I'm, you know, of course. He said all. He sounds like Alex Smith, but he's like, I've this. Uh, I've never been in this position. You know, I don't. I'm going to do everything I'm asked to do. But this is it is a little foreign to me. Like that might, just, do you think he's the star, over under how many weeks till he's the starter again? Yeah, that's the thing. This isn't like there's no going back to it. It's Ryan Tannehill. Uh, but I do think it marks to me that move shows what they think about him in the building. When I was out there last year for Fry's bachelor party, talked to John Robinson, who I've known since Fresno State, who's their GM. He's kind of a Belichickian guy, so he's even when we talk, we're not like BSing that away that I would like BS like Nagy or something, but. You know, I you tried to talk to him about Mariota. You know, he inherited him. But I think when he inherited him, they started winning, so it wasn't like you like him. But it's a production-based business because I saw, like, Paul Kularski. Just I follow some Titans guys. Mm-hmm. People are like, I'm not feeling bad for a guy. I haven't watched the Titans-Bronco game. I don't know if you've got around to that. Is He was struggling. It's in, to compl- it's in my queue. <laughs> he was struggling to complete screens is what Kularski was saying. Like, listen. Like we can say this, he got a raw deal or whatever because their offensive line. He couldn't complete screens. Like he's, I think clearly in his own head, it's a like he's just fucked up right now. I, I think he's more than likely will start another game this season because Tannehill, what's his career? He goes down like every other game. I do think it's fair to say he will not be on the Titans next year. Yeah, uh, I'm with you. Um, where would where would he go? I, I you know is he is he starting in the NFL next year? Would you say? I don't think he's starting week one unless somebody's hurt in the preseason. I would say, though, like he couldn't start for like the Bengals or the, or the Dolphins. He could, but if you're the or, Bengals, is, you have, is Marcus Mariota starting over. Is that the reason Andy Dalton's not starting? But I'm saying you cut Andy Dalton, you draft yeah. a guy, you need another guy. You know how it works. You just, yeah. How often does like the guy sign? This is a classic move where like a team like the Bengals or the Dolphins, they've gotten rid of their quarterback. There actually aren't that many teams, though, when you kind of think around the league. They're like... Like the Cardinals, they don't need, you know, the Texas. You start going around the league. Most teams have quarterbacks. But you just, Marcus Mariota gets signed on like March 15th, and the GM's like, we, we believe in this guy. We can resurrect his career. And then draft night, like said team trades up from like 19 to 3 and drafts Justin Herbert. And the Mariota guy's always like, what the fuck? That happens every year. Well, man, we're paying the- you $8 million. You do know that's not what we pay starting quarterbacks, right? Yeah, just, just be quiet. It's happened to Case Keenum, I think, seven times in his eight-year <laughs> career. 
Uh, this is kind of a Niner topic. We could probably talk about it Friday, depending on what happens. But I did see, John, that um, Emmanuel Sanders, who I guess has had a knee issue, is going to play Thursday night, trade candidate. Uh, so just something to would watch. You, I, I would say, though, if the Broncos upset the Chiefs Thursday night, like we could stop talking about trade candidates for them because they'd be 3-4. and four And Elway yeah. said multiple times, like, we're trying to win. Like, he ain't really a tank guy. No, he's not. That's fair. Amari Cooper's mm-hmm. missing practice with his thigh. Yeah, he, to me, he's got missing a couple weeks written all over him. They got a pretty big uh, game. I don't know if you heard. They play the, the Eagles on Sunday Night Football. You think a lot of people will watch that game around the country? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the underrated part about the Rams, they did trade Marcus Peters yesterday to the Ravens. The Ravens, who secondary is, like, depleted. Like, Marcus Peters is a flawed player, but he's, I mean, a starter in the NFL. Right. Because I text a couple people in the NFL, like, do you think he's going to get paid? They're like, yeah, he's going to get paid. Look at the corners every year that hit the open market. Like, really? someone's paying this guy. Because huh. I was like, I I would not touch him. But so if you're an NFL GM, you can give him an equivalent of like a short-term deal. You just of, need to upgrade your position. Yeah, and you got all this money. Why wouldn't you just give him $8, 9000000 million for basically a couple of years? He does make plays. Like, the Ravens, they're 4-2. Like, how are they not going to be 10-6 and six when the dust settles and just be a playoff team? They, they'll be like the most boring – they're like a boring kind of fun playoff team because Lamar, I'm writing this article for The Athletic, Matt Breda, there are two people that average more yards per carry than Matt Breda and not one of them's a running back. It's Lamar and Kyler. Hmm. Now, now, granted, Breda has way less carries than, you know, the Kamaras and McCaffreys and Fournettes and just all the running backs around the league because he splits carries. But isn't it kind of cr- like those two guys, like, they are legit running threats. Like, Lamar Jackson is pretty fun. You know, even Kyler. Like, those guys, I don't mind watching them run around. I don't. I wouldn't want it if I was, like, the GM or a fan of that team, but just a fan of football. I don't mind a little curveball watching them run around and just take off. Uh, Ter- Terrell Williams, plantar fasciitis, not getting better, says John Gruden. That ain't good. That's not good. That's bad. Oh, I somebody tweeted this at me the other day. I guess Papa said on CanBR that Tim Ryan confronted, approached, I don't really know, Booger McFarland about the pronunciation of Robert Sala's last name. Are you serious? That's what somebody tweeted at me the other day. Like Tim Ryan was mad about it? Yeah, I mean, I again, I think I got to go back through my if I can find this tweet. Tim I, Ryan and Robert Sala are, are golfing buddies and they live next to each other down there. <laughs> you don't... Booger, that's what. Well, here's the other thing, guy. I don't know if you checked. Booger wasn't a kicker in the NFL. I'm pretty sure he was a fucking defensive tackle from LSU that went like top 15. He's enormous. Like Tim Ryan's a big dude too. But again, I don't, did he go up to him and like push him against the wall, or just like, hey man? I feel like <laughs> yeah. it was probably that, right? Like, hey yeah, man, hey man, yeah. My bad, bro. Hey man, well, how did they say it? Uh, Salah. What's that? How they? How were oh, they, they were saying? saying they were saying Salah. Salah, yeah, yeah. Salah. Salah. I, I do think, wouldn't you say it's pretty like consistent? Halal guys. When when national broadcasters come into a team, when they screw up something, that team's fans take it personally. Yeah. You call, and, and now it's, it's like, not like Salah's been on the the nation's radar for that long. But, I mean, you, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's the, just, I do think Mariota. it's an example of like, they just haven't played a lot of those games. And so. You just I think it's also, com- also combined with one of the more controversial Monday Night Crews we'll ever see. <laughs> if we yeah. look, 
Wasn't there a crew with Dennis Miller when we were younger? Yes. And Tony Kornheiser. How would those crews have gone over on Twitter? Would they have gotten crushed and made fun of, don't you think? Yeah, I, I well, it didn't go over well, period, because I, I think that one was one and done. Was it Tony and Miller? No, those were two separate crews. Yeah, Tony- they, they tried to add like a Miller and Tony to add like some like, you know, kind of a... a well, at least Tony's a guy. sports writer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tony, looking back, was like an absolute shooting star when he got to ESPN, if you think about it. And Tony didn't try... Like, Tony, as I recall, like, understood that he didn't know what, like, a... This was before people said things like three technique. But he didn't try to be that guy. Would you say it's... Yeah, would you say it's Dennis was way worse, looking back? I remember well, Dennis. But like Dennis, pretty, what was Dennis supposed to do? Just be you hired me to be Dennis. I'll be Dennis. Yeah, but didn't Dennis he was say with something, Didn't he say something borderline racist about Donovan McNabb? Or was that Tony? I think it was Dennis. That I don't remember. What there wasn't there a racist comment said about Donovan McNabb by someone on the broadcast? Type in Monday Night Football racism, Donovan McNabb. I I, I remember we were like in college, or I, I'm pretty sure it was Dennis Miller. Monday Night Football. Well, didn't did Rush Limbaugh say something? Well, maybe that was it. But, that, that was yeah, okay. Was Rush in the studio? Whoa, was Rush on ESPN for a minute? Wasn't he? Yeah, that, that's what I'm saying. Okay, so yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. I, that's, that's what, what it, I, I that's forgot what it about that. That's what it was. Rush was on like the Monday Night Football pregame show or something I, for a minute. God, how long did that last? That, that's, that's what I'm saying. ESPN was throwing some shit at the wall back in the early 2000s. Well, but I think it's, it's just, I bet if we just looked at the history of broadcast teams, there's a lot of just like, let's try, let's try two play-by-play guys together. And no one, yeah. like back in the day, used to be a lot of that. Well, think about the NBA just said, oh, players only. Well, they would sound great in theory. And it was like, oh. Well, like back in the day, they, they would just take, I think sometimes if two teams played each other on a national broadcast, they would just have the two play-by-play guys from that team would just call a game together. What sport? Like baseball. Like back in like the fifties, yeah. I, I don't, I don't know the exact timeline, but yeah, it probably about the fifties. You're saying because they only had access to the one channel. Yeah, they would just get it'd be a game of the week. They would just take the two guys from each team, and the, they're both play by play guys, and they would do the game. You could argue, and I just naturally talk a lot of shit about anything I see. Just, and it's probably not a it's a character flaw because I should be think more positive immediately, but I always go negative. Uh, that no matter what you throw out, unless it's like perfect, which never happens, people are always going to be angry, right? Like it'll be your broadcast crews and like what would what can Monday Night Football do next year to get a ton of credit? Hire Peyton, right? But what if Peyton's just not good? It, it, you'd be hard pressed to say like how's he going to be bad? He wouldn't be because everyone kind of likes him. Like yeah. you, you just put Peyton and. You know, like if if it was just test torn Peyton, would anyone hate it? Or would they probably like it? And probably people like it. Yeah. I think part of it is Booger's just Well, you fought you know, you're a Witten and then who got a lot of criticism and then but it's just two years a row of every Monday night it's just nothing but shit talking on Twitter. It, it it's tough. Yeah, it's tough. But um, I think people wanted to like Booger and Jason and then it's just like, God, these guys are terrible. It's not it's not even like they're unlikable guys where I think a lot of people would be like, I don't really like Dennis Miller, I hate Rush Limbaugh. People went into these like, oh, Jason Witten, that's a high character guy from the Dallas Cowboys. It'd be fun. And then you watch like half a game. Like, what is going on here? That's what I think that's this perplexing about this ESPN experience of the last year and five games 
is that people, I don't think anyone really came in negative. Like, you could ask Eagles fans, what do you think of Jason Witten? Well, he's tough to play with, but, you know, he's a good guy. And, you know, how what, am I supposed to hate Jason Witten? By three games in, people are like, get this guy away from me. <laughs> you know, it's just, people flip on you fast when you just throw him on top. And, again, part of it also, you can get away with it. How often have we seen a lot of shitty Raider and Niner games last five years of some pretty terrible crews? But if I'm watching a terrible game, like, I don't get that mad at Rondé Barber for knowing Nolan's name. Like, oh, it's just Rondé being Rondé. Because you just know what you're in bed with. Like, oh, it's just Rondé and Chris Myers. It's another thing, though, to sit down. Like, I sit down Sunday Night Football, I get Al Michaels. Or I flip on the game, I'm getting Herb Street. You know, the big ones. I get this game, it feels like, shouldn't these guys be doing like a Tulane versus Memphis? That's what it feels like. That, that's where I think throws a lot of people off. Because I think we're used to watching shitty crews. You know, most NFL fans are not Patriot fans. They watch a lot of bad games on their team. Like, if you're a Browns fan, you've seen the worst crews, like, the majority of your life now. You know, I just think you you hold that game to a little higher standard. Like, when when I'm watching the Final Four, I kind of expect to have Jim Nance like Rafferty. Like, I expect just a higher level. I don't expect them random. I Our also, expectations are just high. I also think you tend to like people that have been, that you've seen a lot. That, that you've watched a lot of big games with a broadcast, I think you just tend to, you like, I think we go into a lot of, I think a lot of people, I do it sometimes too, you go into a broadcast like, basically giving nobody any breaks until they prove otherwise. And so it's hard when you've got two guys, like Jason had done no football. So he's learning yeah. how to broadcast on Monday Night Football. I have, if Jason Witten had been doing five years of Mac football, maybe he would have been, I don't know, maybe it wouldn't have been good. I don't know. Well, look at but Troy I just Aikman's, know that's a really hard place They made Troy Aikman do like the World League back in the day. So like he had reps before he even did NFL games. Herb Street, remember there's that, there's that. Well, Herb Street went sideline reporter to college game day in one year. Because he also, Craig James got, got left. But he also started doing like AFL games like way yeah. back in the day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I remember when the Redskins played on Monday Night Football against Nagy, and it was Jay Gruden and Matt Nagy played each other. Mm. The crew that night was a play-by-play guy, Golick in the booth, and Herb Street down on the field. <laughs> but like back in, cool. back in ESPN's day, those guys that were in at that time just got a lot of random reps with a lot of random shit that just doesn't kind of exist anymore. Now, like, you get a college football job, right? You're just, like, even if you're doing a, like, Ryan Leaf just does Florida State, Boise State, who knows? Like, he just, oh, you he's just got get Boise State, games. BYU this week. It's a pretty good game, actually. Yeah. Okay. On that note, time to eat. It was 50 minutes ago. Yeah, later. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours. The energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.